Hello everyone and welcome to the Clockwork Cantina episode 166. I am one of your hosts, Josh902, and this is the other host of the show. I'm DC3, what's going on everyone? Hello everybody, how are you all doing today? Uh, we didn't have a show last week, but we're going to have a show this week. Also, I'm going to turn DT up because I forgot to do that before we went live. I want to make sure you guys can hear him really well. Um... Uh, we're going to be doing some, in the second half of the show, D&D World Building Part 9. We've had nine parts of this, and I have fun every time we do it. Um, first half of the show will be the usual stuff, what we've been up to the last couple weeks. We'll be going through some news, because uh, there is some for once. And uh, then we move into D&D World Building, which uh, I have multiple choice for DT. I'm going to let him choose which of the three books we're going to oh, dive into damn. today. So... Yeah. Uh, It'll be, be it'll be fun. Yes, indeed. Um, but we'll talk about that when we when we get there. Um, so let's just go ahead and kick off, DT. What have you been up to the last couple of weeks, bud? What's what's been going on with you? Oh man, um, uh, fucking a lot of stuff. Uh, so <laughs> video game wise, been playing uh, Fortnite, uh, Rogue Company. I finally got the battle pass done for that, so I finished that up. Um, uh, what else have I been playing? Uh, played a little bit of Diablo Four. I haven't really played that in about a week or so, though. Um, <clears throat> Chef Life, a restaurant simulator. Play started playing that. That's a fun, uh, you know, cooking game. Um, and then. I played uh, a bit of prop night and then I been playing a lot like a lot a lot of seven days to die because you know like that's one of those games that we like going through phases of playing uh we're, we've been playing that game a lot like when I say a lot a lot like let me go ahead and tell you how many hours within the past two weeks we've I've been playing of this game. So last two weeks alone, last two weeks, just this is just the last two weeks, seventy five point six hours. That's just the past two weeks. That's more than I've played an entirety of other games in the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. That is insane. Uh, but yeah, so been playing a lot of Seven Days to Die, particularly. I also started Assassin's Creed Unity on stream, and I beat uh, uh, what you call it, uh, Spider Man Miles Morales. So we're done with that as well. That's that's what's going on on stream at the moment. Um, but yeah, off stream, just been playing a lot of Seven Days, and I even played it on stream one day. On the, I think last uh, last Friday. Um, then TV show wise, uh, Star Trek, uh, Strange New Worlds season two, episode two. So I got to catch up with the newer episodes. I know there's a couple more out now. Uh, I watched Secret Invasion episodes two and three. I think episode three was been my favorite one so far. It's been a pretty good show though. I've been enjoying it. Um, <clears throat> the Mandalorian season three, they came out with the gallery, you know, the behind the scenes, uh, stuff for that. I watched it, checked it out. It was pretty good. Uh, 
I finally watched uh, the last two episodes of your boy Kong Ming as well. So finally done with that show. Um, oh, I also forgot to mention that I watched the Annapurna Interactive Showcase. I streamed that a couple weeks back. Uh, it's in the notes, so we'll talk about what, what happened there. Um, Movie-wise, I had been going through a lot of the um, DC AMU. So I watched Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay, Constantine, City of Demons, The Death of Superman, Reign of the Supermen, Batman Hush, Wonder Woman Bloodlines, uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, to wrap that up. And then since then, I've watched a couple other movies like Nimona and Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. And then just last night, I watched The Blackening, which is fucking hilarious. Uh, yeah, and then and then we played Blasters and Bandits a couple weeks back too. So yeah, that's kind of been what I've been up to. Um, but yeah, some pretty, pretty, pretty good stuff in there. And then just yeah, recently just a lot of Seven Days to Die, man. As you as you guys can can hear. But uh, anyway, go ahead, Josh. <laughs> what do you right. what about you? Funny enough, Seven Days to Die also high up. Who knew on my last two weeks played as well? Almost 60 hours in the last couple of weeks uh, for a total of 302 hours. I've played a lot of Seven Days. Like, Seven Days has got more playtime. It's like right up there. What's my XCOM? I'm just curious now. My XCOM 2. Uh, so. Total, you know how much I love XCOM 2, right, DT? And most of you guys probably yeah. watching know how much I played it. I played a lot on stream. Total playtime for XCOM 2 is 184 hours. Seven Days to Die might be my highest played game Damn. on Steam right now at 300 hours played. I don't know for sure if that's true. I'd have to look through everything, and that's a lot. But 302 hours played is a lot of seven days. And that's the vast majority of what I've been up to, really. Uh... Last week, I didn't stream any, but the week before that, Final Fantasy 16, we've been streaming that on the channel. We're going to get back to that tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, so you can catch up to that stuff on the YouTubes. But been playing that, been having a lot of fun with that. Uh, but we haven't played, I haven't played in like a couple weeks. Uh, my sleep schedule has been really boned. Um, but we're fixed now. Uh, Diablo 4, I played some of that. Strange New World Season 2, Episode 2. I'm going to take a minute to talk about how awesome that show is. Uh, especially that episode in particular was the court. Uh, like a court episode, which Star Trek is n renowned for having just some of the best uh, courtroom type drama episodes of a show. And that one was fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Obviously, we're going to catch up to that. Blasters and Bandits we didn't play yesterday. Or sorry two days ago rather uh but we did play last week um and we're gonna get back to that this upcoming saturday uh because i have fun doing it and i am in doing some dice making in fact i did some dice making this morning dt and i have the final product right oh, here yeah. let's, let's check it out man it's an exclusive my green screen is kind of messing with it but oh look at that there we go cup of my hands speaking of dice mm-hmm we're going to be needing these later, probably. <laughs> so you guys see the picture that I have on my background here, because a while back, I don't remember how long ago this was, 
But Josh made some dice that I bought. And let me show you guys those dice. First of all, nice little <laughs> little little black baggie here. Very, very nice. But take a look at these bad boys, man. Check this shit out. <laughs> they like blend in with the green, the green screen, screen. See them. yeah <laughs> yeah you guys can't see them but anyway they look they're the ones that are in the picture there in the back yeah you can see them in the photo they're great here's the fucking d20 you can't even see it oh well <laughs> also he was yeah he, uh, he threw in some uh some freebies so you know yeah you can't always try to throw in some either, freebies but... Check them out. They're awesome, man. The I, I love these dice, man. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep them out here for later because I'm sure we will need them. One of the things I like to do, DT, and you know this because I sent you one, is I'll send people a blank dice with no ink on them. It's sanded, like you you could roll it. And some of them don't need to be, but I always like to throw in a blank one just in case anybody wants to try painting one, uh, to see how that is. Yeah. There's there's the blank one right here. Yeah. So that one's actually made out of like, that. um, that's not resin, by the way. That's made out of like the special stuff. Oh, what's it called? Terraform, uh, which makes it look. And I, I haven't messed with it a lot. I was I was just getting to learn how to use it when I stopped using it because it's a little tricky to use. Uh, but it's very stone like instead of like a resin uh, hard. So you can do like a really neat stuff with that dice. Uh, but yeah. Uh, that's enough about the dice making. You can check it out on two dice creations. Um, if you are so in, uh, inclined for that. Uh, but yeah, I love making dice. It's, it's cool. All right. Oh, yeah. That's what we've been up to the past couple of weeks, DT. Let's, let's dive into this news, my friend, because we got some. We do. No. We got, we, got, we got two weeks worth of news. So yeah, we definitely have. Some All right. Look at for sure. Let's hit it up, bud. What's so up first? first? Thing we got is we have, uh, a Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty tour around the black market, which this was from last month's uh, Xbox Game Showcase. Um, but we'll, we're gonna go ahead and uh, check it out here. Uh, this was released about two weeks ago, but we didn't have a show two weeks ago, so uh, yeah. Yeah, let me get this loaded up for you guys. All right, I am ready, sir. All right. Three, two, one, go. Hello, everyone. I'm really excited to welcome you to this exclusive Xbox tour over Black Market, one of the locations in Dogtown that you are going to be able to explore in Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. As you can see, Dogtown welcomes you with an open arms. This is Black Market, a location where you as a player, as a mercenary, you can obtain unique cyberware and weapons, things that you cannot find anywhere in this world. Dogtown is a part of Night City, but has its own very distinct look and vibe. 
it's outside of the jurisdiction of NCPD, attracting all kinds of eccentric. This looks so cool, man! I can't wait characters. to play this, man. Mm-hmm. Radical mods, Jim. Never seen anything like that on a non. We're gonna go back to saying Tomb a lot, aren't we? Tomb, Donk. Oh man! that guy's got flamethrower elbows. That's cool. We have put a lot of work into making the world feel more alive. Small scenes, secrets to find, Easter eggs, make this place feel more vibrant and more believable. But what's inescapable in Dogtown is Kurt Hansen. Kurt is a leader of Borges Militia, who rules Dogtown with an iron fist. You've come to the right place. NCPD, gang wars, not in Dogtown. Taxes, who got In Dogtown, I keep your business safe as long as you abide by my rules. A really nice guy, as you can see. The black market also is a place where you can find new illegal weapons and goods. They are some of the most powerful items in the world, but are often much more dangerous to use. A new cyber capacity system, which leads you to push your body to the limit and give you new abilities to deliver more thrilling gameplay experiences, like the air dash or the ability to see the enemies through the walls or change your appearance to lose the heat. The Borghest is the authorities of Dogtown, and they are more dangerous than NCPD. When you as a player commit crimes in Dogtown, they are the guys who are going to chase you. We have completely overhauled the police system. Police actions are more believable, dynamic, and diverse. So that'll be interesting because I heard that they were going to redo that, but I played the game right when it came out, so I don't know what they've changed from the in the game since it came out, really. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see all the changes and like, you know, they said they reworked the police and all that, so. Yeah, dude, I just, I've been waiting, man. I've been waiting to play this. I can't wait. It's going to be, uh... It's gonna be fun, dude, because I really like this world and the game, and I, I was, I really enjoyed it, man. I really did, honestly. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm definitely be interested in that. And giving her, cool, giving her another go. Market. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What do we got next, DT? Next to me, guys, that Fort Solace is getting a August release date. Um, <clears throat> publisher Dear Villagers and developer Fallen Leaf Studios released a new trailer over at, over at IGN for the up, for Fort Solace, the upcoming sci-fi horror game starring Roger Clark and Troy Baker, um, which we can check out if if you would like to. Let's see this sure. here. Let's check it out. Let me get it loaded up. Uh. Greetings. My name is Troy. Stop playing. Stop it. Stop talking, Troy. I'm trying to get you loaded. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Greetings. My name is Troy Baker, and a little over two years ago, I got a call from a director named James Tinsdale, and he said, we've started a new studio called Fallen Leaf, and we're working on a new game called Fort Solace, and we want to see if you want to be involved. Well, about 
10 seconds into that conversation, I knew that it was a yes. Number one, because I found out I was going to work with Roger Clark, who has become a dear friend and is someone that I've always wanted to work with since I played Red Dead Redemption. Um, and also, he love Roger told Clark. me what the story was. Yeah, I love Roger. And he knew exactly the kind of experience he wanted to make. And it was a kind of experience and a kind of game that really spoke to me. And it's the kind of game that I want to play. So I just got an email from him letting me know that I could tell you that you will be able to play this on PC and PS5 this August 22nd, right around the corner. Here's why you should be excited about that. Um, number one, great cast, Roger Clark, Julia Brown. I did okay myself, I think. Uh, it's an incredible story. Um, number three, this was one of the first games I found out that was going to be running in Unreal 5. So the fidelity I knew was going to be incredible. And if you like immersive games, if you like tight action-packed thrillers, then this is the game you've been waiting for. Because not only is it going to be a game you want to play one time, but once you get done, you're going to want to go back and play it a second and a third time. Uh, and you can do that starting August 22nd, PS5 and PC. We'll see you in Fort Salas. I'm recording this as I hear more than just dust against the glass at night. The storms have arrived. No one trusts anyone anymore. The door, it's been sabotaged. What do you mean? Jack? What happened? What was that? This site isn't safe! looks interesting i um i'm really interested in that game because of roger clark of course um yeah and i feel like a lot of games recently especially like this year i think dead space the remake came out like earlier in the year and then when did callisto protocol come out was that also this year or was it last year i don't remember but um i want to say it was this year right i don't i don't remember uh oh maybe it was 2022 december 1st 2022 so so barely barely not yeah it was so close so between (laughs) that and like dead space coming out was so you know short of a a time between each other then now we're getting this like a lot of sci-fi horror coming out within the past like Mm -hmm. year or so or even less than that like you know however many months but um yeah, so there's a lot of sci-fi horror. Um, but uh yeah, I uh I definitely wanna like I said, check this out because of Roger Clark primarily, but yeah. Uh I'll check it out eventually. It comes out in August, so next month. Uh not bad. With all right. With a gang of other shit too. <laughs> oh yeah, this year is a big year. You guys didn't already know, but we're gonna move on to talk about Nintendo with which Promises smooth transition to next console with Nintendo accounts. 
So speaking to investors at a recently published open question and answer session, Nintendo president Shuntaro Furukawa made one of the, his rare comments about Nintendo's next console. Asked if the company had any specific measures in mind for the transition to next generation consoles, and Furukawa brought up Nintendo accounts. Uh, and as translated by Twitter user Genki, Furukawa said, as for the transition from Nintendo Switch to the next generation machine, we want to do as much possible in order to smoothly transition our customers while utilizing the Nintendo account. Uh, this seems like an obvious statement, but for Nintendo, it's significant. Nintendo accounts were soft launched in 2016 and weren't tied into any Nintendo hardware platform until the release of the Switch the following year. So the transition from Switch to its successor will incredibly be the first time Nintendo's users will be able to carry their account from one console to another to the, to the next. We and Wii U owners will remember Nintendo's rudimentary Nintendo Network ID system and the pain of trying to carry this identity across consoles. Uh, in further comments, Furukawa noted that Nintendo had previously needed to rebuild the relationship with its customers with every hardware transition. In contrast, he said there are now over 290 million Nintendo accounts both from Switch users and players in Nintendo's mobile games, through which the company could connect with its users. Uh, Furukawa was surely pointing out to investors that Nintendo accounts will make for a much lower risk transition to a new console for Nintendo, leveraging Switch's enormous popularity, as well as a hopeful, as hopefully a more seamless experience for its fans. The importance of building a connection with its users uh, that extends beyond the hardware itself was recently underlined by Xbox boss Phil Spencer when he learned when he lamented to kind of funny games that we lost the worst generation to lose in the Xbox One generation where everybody built their digital library of games. So yeah, Nintendo uh, for the first time ever really is going to be like then you easily transition to the next uh, machine from the Switch, which, you know, again, is something that PlayStation and Xbox and every, you know, every other place has been doing for generations, and then Nintendo's just barely getting to it, you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. What do okay. we have next? We have ah this one, yes. So Red Dead Redemption was rated in Korea. Uh which I'm t we're talking about the original Red Dead Redemption, not Red Dead 2. So the gaming the game rating and administration community or committee of Korea published a new rating for Red Dead Redemption. Uh the new rating carries classification number CCNV 230615-001. In Korean game ratings, NV refers, refers to console games, while NP refers to PC games. Though a, con though a console rating does not exclude the existence of a PC version and vice versa. Um, so the original Red Dead released on PS3 and Xbox 360 on May 18, 2010. And there has never been a PC port or remastered version on the platforms, which this rating has 
you know been making people wonder if there's gonna be a new like remake or remaster of uh of the original red dead redemption um which yeah a remake probably not i i also doubt it but maybe a remaster and then that way they could also you know bring it to pc for the first time ever which if that's the case there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna be getting a chance to play this game for the very first time because as of right now i think the only way you could play it is if you have a 360 or a ps3 right and that's two generations ago so uh there's a lot of people that have yet to have gotten a chance to play this they maybe played the second game and were like man how do i play the first one but it's like can't unless you you know own a system from two generations ago um but yeah how do you what do you think josh you think is maybe gonna be remastered or is it just like what like what is like you know what what's the significance of, of rating a game from fucking over 10 years ago you know honestly i'm not sure i'm not sure if it'll be a remake or a remaster i definitely think there's gonna be something um and i i've i've recently been watching somebody on youtube play the first game this one uh oh, again okay. the original and uh I'll be honest, when I look at it, it doesn't look that old, watching them play it. Uh, and it makes me want to play it again. So I hope it. I hope they do, and I hope it does get ported over to Pete, because I would love... And the thing that's fascinating about this person playing it is they played the second one first, which is a prequel, right? So now mm-hmm. they're getting to go through this version of the game. Uh, I say version of the game. Move on to the next part of that story, uh, yeah. timeline-wise, and that's going to be like so exciting for like a lot i i'm genuinely curious like how many people hadn't played that first game that played the second game because it's a prequel right and then afterwards maybe wanted to play this first game and just it's such a hassle to play now and haven't gotten to experience that story oh man i wish i knew what the numbers were because yeah it it i really hope that something does happen with it and because i would love just to hop in and play it again uh to be honest yeah, it's been a I, very uh, long time since i i played i remember i pre-ordered this game on the ps3 like you know obviously before it came out i pre-ordered it at best buy i remember and gosh what a game what an amazing I, fucking game i i'm not some like historically i'm not somebody that replays games a lot like i'll play it once and then like you know, move on to the next game, kind of how I do on stream. But occasionally, mm-hmm. throughout my life, there have been games that I'm like, I gotta replay that again because it's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. And Red Dead One is one of those games I played through a couple times because it's so fucking good, man. I love that game, dude. Like, I still one of my favorite moments in gaming is when you go to fucking Mexico in the first game, dude. It's so when that music plays, so good, oh. man. It just oh, it's so good, dude. And then like. I don't I don't remember like the online from what I remember was pretty dope. I didn't play too much of it at the time, but what I remember it was it was pretty cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, honestly, I yeah, I'd, I'd love to be able to play it again after, you know, so many years and and whatnot. Um cuz yeah, that game is definitely one of my yeah. favorite games of all time, so I have fond memories yeah. of it too. Like my dad bought me an Xbox so he could watch me play the game. And I played the game and he watched me play it the whole way through. We got to experience that story together. So it's always like like I've told that story a million times on Discord, so I know DT's probably heard it before. But yeah, it yeah, still really is. 
is it is like it will always have a special place and in, in my memory probably till i die you know it's, it's probably going to be one of those things i'll always remember about my dad um doing for me so it's it's cool i i love that whole red i love the red dead verse um Same. and have a lot of fond memories of uh both the first one and the and the second one yeah i mean you know you know how at the beginning of the stream we were talking about our their most played games on fucking uh on steam right mm -hmm. so you know shockingly at 314 hours seven days to die is not my my highest played game although it's you know it's second right now second place my first place game is red dead online at 345.8 hours i have played a lot of red dead i fucking love red dead dude like i well here's the thing you played online on the console too so it's even yeah, more than so, what you got yeah so yeah it's even more than that exactly like you said you know and like and here's the thing like i've played that many hours with there being as little content as there is in that game can you imagine how many more hours I'd have spent in that game if they gave it any, even anywhere near as close amount of carriers they have GTA Online? Man, fucking Red Dead Online was, oh. is something that I they I wish they would have fucking just put more into, dude. Because god damn it, it really deserves it. So DT, you remember that thing I DM'd you the other day? That thing we were talking about, or I DM'd you? You 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 were asleep, I think, and I was up late, and it was about yeah. a Western thing. The reason yeah. I, I I messaged you with that was because I was watching that YouTube playthrough, and it hit me it hit me like a thunderbolt. I was like, oh, I have an idea because we DT and I have this thing that we're not gonna talk about, but it it made me think of. And then I also started yeah. small side tangent, but it's D and D world building. I started trying to find a tabletop western, and there's some out there, but most of them, almost all of them, are uh like weird west so it's always gonna have like zombies and and like just supernatural yeah. things which, into it which but that wasn't cool necessarily too, what but, i was looking for but, but also how about just the normal western right that's what i wanted and that's what i was trying to find i could probably hack yeah. something together though um and do that I, I would love to do that yeah for sure same dude i mean you know i've been telling you for years if we ever do that i'm down for it so yeah <laughs> All right, what do we got next, bub? All right, next up, let's talk about uh, everything that was announced at the Annapurna Interactive Showcase. So I actually watched this live. I streamed it. Uh, I don't know if you um, checked out any of this. I, you probably didn't watch it, right? But I don't know if you watched any of the news that came from it. I don't think I saw anything, no. Okay. So this will all be fresh for me. All right, cool. So let's check it out. Uh, so they announced a few things uh, here. I think the biggest thing for me was at the end of the showcase, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, so the first thing is uh, they have some for Lorelei and the Laser Eyes. They got a trailer for that. Uh, Cocoon got a release date. There's this lush foil photography sim, which, like, honestly, I was like, that looks kind of cool, man. Just a little photography simulator. Why not, dude? Mm. Uh, that, you know, that could be a fun little, like, just why not kind of game. Uh, then there was Tua T, which is basically you play a character that is, like, 
constantly t posing. Uh, <laughs> that's why it's called to a T. That's and, pretty funny. Uh, yeah. Then there's another game called Flock where you just like I don't know, ride around and you know with your flock of birds or whatever. Uh, Ghost Bike is another one. Mundan is getting a free update and launching on consoles. Uh, and then we have a fresh look at the action mech life sim Bounty Star. Um, which I thought uh has maybe some kind of potential to it if you like uh, mech games. Uh, they also announced that Stray is coming to Xbox. Uh, they have a release date for uh, Thirsty Suitors. And then they also are having this thing called Storyteller that's coming over to Netflix. Um, just like an interactive, I guess, kind of create your own drama game. Uh, and then the biggest thing that I saw there was that they announced they're making a Blade Runner game called Blade Runner 2033 Labyrinth. Uh, and it's the first game that they're making themselves, so that's pretty cool. Mm. And there's a trailer for that as well if you want to check that out real quick. Big here. And I make that big. All right, DT, you want to count us down on it? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Lots of people lost things in the blackout. I was lucky. I just lost the job. But now, they want me back. There it is, Blade Runner 2033 Labyrinth. Interesting. <clears throat> All right. So we'll see what they have planned for that game, but you know, could be could be good. And uh speaking of Blade Runner, it's another another tabletop game, right? Yes, I do. I have the book right there. It's right over there in a the box because <laughs> I read out of, I read out of space on the shelf, so it's just sitting here in the box. Oh shit! Uh, okay, I, I'm gonna put it on there eventually once I get everything. At some point, I will get that fucking bookcase up here <laughs> that I have, <laughs> uh, and get it where I can put books on it and kind of make a little bit more space. So, but yeah, I do have the 
Blade Runner tabletop. Uh, which I would love to play because it's it's pretty cool. Alrighty. Moving on. We have some news on uh Baldur's Gate, right? We do. Uh you want me read you want me to read it, DT? Or you wanna read yeah, it? Yeah, if you want, go for it. Uh, okay, guys. Here's what we got. Uh Baldur's Gate 3 is going to launch four weeks early on PC and it is also delayed on the PS5. So Baldur's Gate developer, Larian Studios, a role-playing game set in the Dungeons & Dragons universe, is coming sooner than expected on Windows PC, but later than planned on PlayStation 5. In an effort to further distance the game from the busy fall 2023 release schedule, Larian will now launch Baldur's Gate 3 on August 3rd on PC, as opposed to the anticipated August 31st release date. The PS5 version will be released one week later than originally planned on September 6th. And there's still no word about the in-progress Xbox version. Um, I don't have to read much more than this because I watched the, 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 the panel from hell and I can explain what they said. They said the reason it's releasing early on PC and not PlayStation is because PC version is just done and, and they don't... And the reason they moved it up is like, we're like, we can release this early if we unhook it from being locked into the console release date. So that's what they did. Um, uh, obviously, it's meant to kind of, thankfully, thank Christ, uh, give us some space to breathe uh, and be able to actually play and enjoy Baldur's Gate 3 uh, because there's going to be a, a shitload of stuff coming out in August. By the way, guys, if you have Baldur's Gate 3 and you bought the early access, that I mean, not early access. Yeah, early access. Uh, they give you the digital deluxe for free, and that includes... Um, being able to play the game even earlier because you will be able to play it. You should be able to play it on July 31st uh, with the early access. Uh, if nice. you That's if you support cool, it at all during that, you should be able to play July 31st because you get like a couple days uh, earlier um, as a as a thank you for helping them test the game, which is me because I bought the game the moment you could buy it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude, uh, you, you're good to go, man. Yeah. So that was one of those investments that I was like, hell yeah. Um, so yeah, that's exciting, and it's awesome that they're doing that. I think that shows a lot of confidence in their product too, to to be like, yep, yeah, it's ready. We'll ship it out early to the PC gang, and they're gonna get to play it. So awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, uh, and uh, if we don't have anything on that, we have a teaser here. For Let's Baldur's Gate 3. Let's check this Let's out. Watch it, man. Yes, sir. I am ready. Count us down. Let me do that. All right, it's a minute long. I'm about a minute 10. Yeah, it's pretty Three, cool. two, one. Let's go. I'm so, I'm so excited for this Larian game, dude. Studios. I love Larian. I still got to play fucking Divinity 2, man. Don't worry, we're not going too lucky. <laughs> I don't think that's don't in here. I'm here. Look at that cat, bro. It's got wings and shit. That's a huge bitch. Open your eyes.
the hell they naked dudes oh yeah they they show they show some things that squirrel dropped his nut dude you are the chosen one i watched it live as well yeah i want that collector's edition so bad but i'm also very broke oh it's <laughs> a lot of shit dude it's cool yeah, I didn't put it in here, but I did watch the panel from Hell, and uh, it's the very last one that they did, and it, they, they're always entertaining, DT. I don't know if you've ever watched them, uh, but they talk about the game, uh, the new stuff that's coming out, and they'll show some of the gameplay, and they'll play it live even when shit goes wrong, which is pretty hilarious. Um, <laughs> that's cool. They showed off the monk. They showed off the dragonborn that looked really cool. Um... Uh, I know you're gonna play. You haven't played Divinity Original Sin two yet. I know you're no, going I to. I want to, but it's just uh. like, I feel like it's one of those games that it'd be better to have a group with playing, you know, instead of just playing it alone. Although you can play it alone too. Yeah, so maybe I should just do that. But that's right. Yorko uh, picked it up. Uh, I told oh, him about nice. it the other day. The reason oh, I yeah. brought it up is in original Divinity Original Sin two, they have these things that are called like origin characters, and these are characters that have uh. They're voice acted, and then they have stories in the game, and you can play as them. Or you can make your own character, which is, I made my own character when I played Divinity Original Sin 2. They're going to do that again in Baldur's Gate 3, where you can play these origin characters, they're voice acted, and they have stories, and you're gonna, they're, they're going to be your party, basically, in the game. But they, they announced a new one called The Dark Urge, that is not going to be a party member, but it's going to have its own story it's customizable it can be any race it can be any class and it's going to have a story uh that's going to be unique to it uh and if you don't pick it you won't see it in the game so it's uh it's kind of like i'm going to be part of this story without making my own character in it uh but but making your own character in it and it's going to have a, a unique story that all to its own which i i find fascinating and i'm really curious about and it's they 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 show off the dark urge which the dark urge story is like it's an amnesia character that has this really bloodthirsty vibe going on about it like it's just like one of the things they show during the panel from hell is they show the dark urge and the character of gale who is a a potential party member and is an origin character you could play as gale um uh sticks his hand out of a portal and like one of the prompts you can say to the 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 hand as the dark urge character is like fantasized about chopping this hand off and like eating it or something like that devouring it and uh if you pick that you, your care the character fantasizes about it and then he actually chops the hand off and you get the hand in your inventory <laughs> what the fuck, <laughs> and the character crazy. of gale screams so it's, it's gonna be like this and they said like it can be like an evil playthrough with that character, or you can kind of resist those really violent urges and see where that story goes. I found that fascinating uh, as a DM to like, what? What if you're playing this dark urge character, but you're playing a paladin and like, like it's trying to fight with its own inner darkness with its own inner light. And I find that really interesting. And, um, and uh, I think it's really cool that Larry and, did that and announced that they also showed off the dragonborn i don't know if you uh, i don't know if they i think they showed it a little bit in those teasers but they look so fucking cool they look so goddamn cool um but yeah, yeah I, gotta the, play, 
I gotta play Baldur's the Gate stuff too. Like I said, I have it. I just haven't played it because I'm just kind of I don't know waiting. I guess to see. Well, shit. If you want to do a play, let me know. I'll hop in with you. All right, sounds good. I'll gladly uh, play that game again. Hell yeah. All right, let's move on to the next thing, which is that Ubisoft has has reportedly uh plans to remake Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag. Uh, a recent report suggests that the company's commitment to the franchise may be going even for Assassin's Creed may be going even deeper than we thought. Uh, the remake is currently in its earliest stages, so details are scarce, but we won't be seeing it officially for a few years. Team at Ubisoft Singapore, branch that has contributed to almost every single mainline Assassin's Creed game, said to be heavily involved. Most notably. Ubisoft Singapore worked on the creation of the naval combat for 3 and 4, a success that would place it at the head of development for Ubisoft's naval-focused game Skull and Bones. Uh, of course, Skull and Bones is now notorious for its years of repeated delays, <laughs> uh, but fans of, fans of Black Flag will have to uh, hope seas will be calmer for the next project. Um, but yeah, Black Flag was released like 10 years ago. Uh, on the on the PS3 and, and 360, and then also uh for later for the PS4, Xbox One, and Wii U. Um, so that'd be cool. Black Flag is a great game. I recently only played it myself, like I don't know how many years ago, a couple years ago. Once mm -hmm. yeah, it's a it's a that's an awesome game. I really I really like that one. I would say it's like one of, among my favorite of the Assassin Creeds. Like that one and two are probably like at the top for me right now. Um, but I'm still making my way through them. I'm currently playing Unity as we speak. I'll be playing it again tomorrow. So, you know, just uh, making my way through that. But, uh, yeah, I think, I, think, I think this is a good choice, you know. It's, it's a 10-year-old game now, so I feel like yeah. they could update a few things here and there, you know. Uh, it just, it just makes me laugh. That we were all like, let's do Black Flag. Just do another pirate-themed game. Then we get Skull and Bones, and then here we are all these years later. Like, we're going to remake Black Flag. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, that's kind of funny. Um, but I love Black Flag. Yeah, I'll gladly, I'll hop in that shit again and have another go. Um, yeah, good game for sure. Mm -hmm. Um. The next thing we have is we have details on Helldivers Two co-op and combat gameplay, which I have not seen this yet. I haven't either. So I really want to see this because I am I am definitely about this game. I enjoyed the first one. And that was a fun time, but this being in like third person and all that, I am so so about this. So let's check it out. There's a little uh combat co-op trailer and they want me to put in my uh yeah my, my date of birth so let me do that real quick i was born uh, on new year's day in that year totally let's do this all right i'm ready three two one
Helldivers 2 is a tactical third-person cooperative action shooter. Hi, I'm Johan Pilset. I'm the CEO and creative director of Arrowhead. One thing that will be really familiar in Helldivers 2 for returning players is the stratagem system. For those of you that are new, this is the ace up your sleeve. It's a system that allows you to interface with the many elements of the Super Earth arsenal, such as the Super Earth Destroyer, the Eagle Fighter, and the multitude of weapons and equipment that you can call down as you play the game. My favorite stratagem in Helldivers 2 is the Gatling Sentry. A killing machine unleash its devastating firepower into a swarm of enemies is truly a wondrous sight with this new third-person perspective. The mission you're playing is a big part of choosing your strategies. My name is Michael Eriksson and I'm a game director at Arrowhead Game Studios. If you're facing off against a heavily armored foe, you want to bring specialized armor-penetrating weapons. But if you're blowing up a bug hive, make sure to bring orbital barrages or other highly explosive stratagems. The armor system that we've developed in the game is inspired by real firearms fired against armor targets. So this means that a shot at a shallow angle will get deflected and not penetrate the intended target. When you choose your armor, make sure it fits your intended playstyle. If you want to play as a tank, pick a heavy armor with high resistance. I usually play with the light armor because of the increased mobility and decreased enemy detection range. In Helldivers 2, death is cheap. Oh. You die to most of everything. Even including your oh, own that'd be so orbital bombardment. <laughs> Every time a hell diver oh, is reinforced, oh, I can't hear you, Daniel. Citizen, finally fulfilling the super. Now, I was saying that the, the first game has a lot of friendly fire too, so this is they're bringing that in from the first one. So that's something you got to be careful too. about. When that guy landed and got shot in the head, I had flashbacks to ready or not. Where we lacked, you shot me in the head. Now this looks cool. I'm, I'm, I'm into this. Anything I can play with my friends, I'm going to be into most likely. Which is why seven days has taken over our lives again. <laughs> yeah, th this game looks so good, dude. I can't. Oh, it's going to be so fun, man. That's going to be so fun. I listen. I really like the first game, but that's more of like a top down kind of, mm -hmm. you know, style. And I, I and I still enjoyed that one for for what it was, but um, this one just looks so fucking good, dude. I am very, very much looking forward to that game. Yeah, yeah, that looks awesome. It makes it makes me want to play the first one again, to be honest with you, with how fucking good this one looks. But yeah, it looks great, man. I it's gonna be launching later this year on PC and PS5, I believe. So definitely keep an eye out for that because that's, that's on my radar. I, I, I definitely want to play that game. Uh, yeah. 
moving okay. on, we have a Mortal Kombat 1 official trailer here. So let's check it out. Yeah. Let me know when you're good to go. I haven't seen this yet. I put it in the I notes because I, I wanted to watch it, the, the Lin Kuei uh, trailer. So let's let's check it out. I am ready, sir. Count us down. All right. Three, two, one, go. Warner Brothers Games for the Realm Studios. The Lin Kuei is a centuries-old clan dedicated to Earthrealm's defense. I will need your help. The fate of the realms may depend on it. I will emerge victorious. We settle for defending Earthrealm when we could help lead it. Bringing back smoke. I am with you. We may not share blood, but we are brothers. Damn. Oh, God. He's fucking dead, bro. Right in the fucking face, bro. That's crazy. The Lin Kuei, we have been expecting you. Yeah, Majin. And then this is rain, which is cool. Um. Yeah, rain looks hella different than what I remember. I mean, look, he used to be like a purple ninja, kind of. Hey, look, it's Frost. Oh. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I'll be honest, I thought it was going to be a bigger explosion than that. But, uh... They, yeah, they okay. just won the job, I guess. Um... 
no, that looks cool. Uh, I'm really interested in the story of this one because that is the original Sub-Zero, the older Sub-Zero. And in the original timeline of Mortal Kombat, ends up becoming very interesting character. So, and then the younger brother is now Scorpion and the original timelines became Sub-Zero. So it's going to be really weird how they're going to do this storyline stuff. So really curious about uh, uh, the new Mortal Kombat. Like, really curious. Uh, 2v2 now. Um, they have uh, cameo fighters, uh, Majin. So it's not really 2v2. Like, you hit a button and a cameo fighter will come in and do like some moves. Um, and you can put them in combos and stuff. And they're usually like characters from the original timeline. Like there's some, I know they have like, uh, there's a Scorpion one, a Sub-Zero one that that's just in Sonya as a cameo. Um, yeah. All right, DT, what do we got next? Next up, we have a Diablo 4 trailer to check out. Let's check it out. Season of the Malignant announced trailer. Let's check. Dude, I still haven't beat this game, man. <laughs> Fuck. I haven't I haven't even watched this yet. Let's see what it is. Three, two, one, go. I am writing to you because although a great evil is receding from Sanctuary. A new festering curse now spreads its corruption across the land. More dangerous, more malignant than I could have imagined. I have found a way to stop this plague. To rip the dark power of these monsters from their very core and turn it to our advantage in destroying them. alone my allies have fallen my strength is dwindling the malignant are relentless and without mercy i need help i need you it is cool so the season starts, yeah, the day before my birthday. So that'll be the season. For those of you that don't know how seasons work in like Diablo or Path of Exile is, you will level new characters. Uh, the leveling, I think, is supposed to be faster. Um, and there will be uh, the season pass. I think they've shown some of the rewards. Let me see if I can pull those up for you. I didn't put them in the notes because I forgot to. But let me see if I can find it. Uh, some of the uh, cosmetic stuff that they're going to have, but there's like, I know on the free tier of the season pass, it's supposed to be like XP bonuses and, and um, things like that. Let me see if I can find Diablo 4 season 4. Um, Battle pass rewards, cost, and things like that. Here we go. Um. La, 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 la. Why can't you guys just give me a screenshot straight up and not do all this other stuff? What's this? Does this have it? 
Here we go. So I know the armor here is um, some of the uh, rewards that you'll be able to unlock. Um, the mounts as well. Uh, and and, and uh, stuff like that. So I'm really curious to how this season stuff is going to work out. I didn't watch any of the... Um, I know they did like a, a sit down where they talked about all this stuff. I didn't watch that. Um, uh, cause I, to be honest with you, I'm a little, uh, Diabloed out at the moment, but I might hop in to see how their seasons are going to be. Cause I'm really curious. Cause I'm somebody that played Path of Exile every time they had a new season or a new league come out, I would hop in and play. So, um, uh, this is going to be kind of make it or break it for Blizz. Like they need to make this first season work. I say make it or break it. It's Blizzard. They have unlimited money, really, so they don't necessarily need to make it or break it, but it, it'll make it or break it for me and probably for a lot of other people. Like, it needs to be well and not drag out and, like, especially the leveling because leveling is so slow uh, right now in Diablo, I feel like. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of I mean, curious to how this will be, you know? I mean, Baby agrees, man. She's, she's also just <laughs> sick of yeah. Blizzard shit, I think. Yeah. Baby's working. Uh, somebody's stopping to buy vegetables right now. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah listen, I'm curious. I, I'm not even going to be participating because I still haven't even fucking beaten the game yet on my original characters. So I am so behind, although I haven't been playing the game like at, at all, really. Mm -hmm. I've been like playing it a little bit slowly here and there, like. But I haven't played it in like over a week, so it's just. Been... Oh, here it is! God damn you, Diablo! I've been super slow with the game, so. Yeah. Here's 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 all the stuff that you unlock in the premium. I guess this is the premium battle bit pass. They have the wow. Awoken Warden Mustang mount, Awoken Cold Iron Barding. I guess that's the armor there. Awoken uh, Cold Iron armor sets for all five classes. That's the armor up here in the upper right corner. Uh, they're going to have some weapon transmogs, uh, some emotes, uh, some headstones, and some platinum. It's all cosmetic stuff, which is what they've said was going to be in the the premium uh, battle passes. I don't know how that'll be later on. You never know how Blizzard is going to do. They've done some really fucking stupid decisions in the past. So we'll see. Um, but at least they're keeping their word on that first one. Um, yeah. Interesting stuff. Okay. What do we have next, ET? Next up, which is, I think, the last thing we have for uh, gaming news this week is that uh, new EA Studio Cliffhanger Games announces an upcoming title based on Marvel's Black Panther. Uh, Wakanda Forever, as we celebrate the 57th anniversary of Black Panther's comic debut this July, we're thrilled to announce Cliffhanger Games, a new AAA development studio based in Seattle, is working on an original third-person single-player Black Panther game in collaboration with Marvel Games. Their mission is to build an expansive and reactive world that empowers players to experience what it is like to take on the mantle of Wakanda's protector, Black Panther. Led by Kevin Stevens, uh, Monolith Productions, Cliffhanger has already brought together 
accomplished talent with leaders from the critically acclaimed and innovative action adventure game Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, along with veterans of top franchises including Halo Infinite, God of War, Call of Duty, and others. We're dedicated to delivering fans a definitive and authentic Black Panther experience, giving them more agency and control over their narrative than they have ever experienced in a story-driven video game. Wakanda is a rich superhero sandbox, and our mission is to develop an epic world for players who love Black Panther and want to explore the world of Wakanda as much as we do, said Kevin. The development team at Cliffhanger Games will be working in partnership with Marvel Games to ensure that we craft every aspect of Wakanda, its technology, its heroes, and our own original story with the attention to, uh, to detail and the authenticity that the world of Black Panther deserves. It's an incredibly rare opportunity that we build a new team around the values of diversity, collaboration, and empowerment, said Kevin. We want our game to enable players to feel what it's like to be worthy of the Black Panther mantle in, in unique, story-driven ways. And we want Cliffhanger Games to empower everyone on our team as we collaborate to bring this amazing world to life. So there you go. New Black Panther game coming. Which I think is cool because I don't. Th- when when have we ever had a like a Black Panther game like this? Like, I don't think we, uh, or at like least ever? I don't. I don't. I don't ever remember it. I remember. Do you remember? We we talked about. But there also, were rumors about this mention, ages ago. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, just really quickly, there's another separate game that's coming out that is like a a, a Captain America Black Panther game, right? So that's separate from this, if I'm not mistaken. Like they announced that like a while back too. Uh, yeah. And I forget who does that one, but that's also that's uh, uh, Amy Henning, right? Isn't that uh, oh, Skydance? Yeah, yeah, that's Skydance. So that's yeah. so again, that's a separate game from this one. So we're getting Black Panther in a couple yeah. games now, but but uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't think we've ever had like a proper like. You know black panther game like like this before you know like did they ever do one like based off of the movies or anything i don't i don't think so i right? don't think so that that i remember um i don't either i do uh like that it's happening like you know like i'm glad that they're not like I'm glad they're giving characters their own individual games and not necessarily just team ups, you know, like like Yeah, like throwing look, them in tomorrow. The Avengers game comes to mind and it's that big multiplayer thing. This is this is and that's a failure. This is uh like they everything they say in here are is things I, I wanna hear, which is like it's gonna be a story, action adventure, sandbox game. Everything about that is like the thing I love, right? Um and it's run by uh, Kevin Stevens, who we know from Monolith and in, in, in the Shadows of Mordor game, which I I uh, I like that game, like the the Nemesis system and all of that. Um, so I think that's I think this is good, and I think it's exciting, and I can't wait to check it out. Yeah, it'll be it'll be cool, man. Cause. Uh... Mm-hmm. Like you said, most of the stuff that he's been in has been kind of, or Black Panther has been just like other, like he's been thrown into other games like Marvel vs. Capcom and Avengers, mm-hmm. and you know he's gonna be in that like like I just mentioned not long ago, or uh, the the Captain America Black Panther game. So it's cool that he's actually gonna have like his own game now, you know. Uh, and yeah, it'll be cool, man. He's gonna have a story. You're gonna be rolling around in Wakanda and all that. So. 
yeah, I'm 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 all for it, dude. They need to do this with other characters too, man. Like this is the potential is is there to to do a lot, you know, with it. So I'm very uh very interested in this game now. Uh and uh yeah, we'll see uh how long it takes for this to come out and you know, I'm looking forward to checking out gameplay and and all that stuff and I'll be curious to see who they get for Black Panther and and, and all like you know, voice wise, or I don't know if they're gonna do mocap or anything like that. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll obviously we'll find out in the future. But yeah, it's all it it's all very it's all very exciting for sure. It also makes me curious to like what other heroes are they kind of shopping around for games? Because we're gonna have we've got the yeah. Spider Man stuff. We're gonna have a Wolverine game. We got that Captain America, other Black Panther game, which is like in World War Two yeah. with a uh a, 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 a thing. So I'm kind of yeah, curious to who else. They did a Guardians game a couple years ago. Yeah, the Guardians. I like, I like that one. Um, yeah. Wolverine. Oh, I'd play a Blade game. If I can go around game? killing vampires and Dude, fucking be a badass with a sword, that'd be dope. A, like, I know they just did a Midnight Suns game, mm-hmm. but I love like a Marvel, like a Marvel Dark, you know, kind of, kind of game with like all these other you know, characters like Ghost Rider, like Blade, you know, all these other guys that are like not the big super bombastic heroes and all that. Give me a Daredevil game. Shit, I, a Daredevil game would be amazing, dude. Yeah. There's a lot they could do, man. There's a lot they could do. Um, That could be good. And like the Avengers game had flashes of that too. Yeah. Honestly, like, I, like for as much shit as people give that game, I actually enjoyed the single player for the, no, the story the was great. Uh, like that's that's what was good. I like out of the things I liked, I enjoyed the story of it. It was all the other stuff that I didn't really like. Yeah, but that's exciting news. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, and that dropped today. Good. That's fresh news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like real, yeah, that that is like brand new news. Um, but yeah, we we could speculate on what else they could do you know superhero wise but you know we'll yeah all fucking day talking about that let's go ahead and move on shall we let's move on to the uh tv news tv news so the first thing that we have in the tv news is uh, we have a little trailer for Super Powered, the DC story. All right, let's check this out. Which this is something that is going to be on my radar because I love DC and I want to check this out for sure. But Same. We're watching the trailer. Three, two, one. Let's go. Heroism is just very simple. Anytime somebody uses courage when they're afraid. In the name of something good. It's stories about hope. It's about redemption. It's the same themes that have been underlying our folk tales since the beginning of time. Throughout history, there have been mythic characters that we told stories about. Superheroes are what they are now. And DC is the grand proscenium of superheroes. It is impossible to think about this in this way today. But back then, no one had ever seen anything quite like that. What if I could be a hero? 
something tells us to fight for what's right, that's really the power. That's really being super. I don't think anybody thought we're going to turn this into the most profound discussion of race in the superhero media. It was the physical act of empowerment at the right cultural moment. There were comic book burnings across America. The code and the persecution of comics make the people who were producing the comics feel oppressed. It was a creative stranglehold. Women should not be featured in prominent roles. People were afraid. They really were. You would find an image and somehow map a ton of homosexual overtones to that. In the case of Wonder Woman, maybe not entirely untrue. When I first read Watchmen, it was a religious experience. All of us need to go back to being kids and believe that we can do the right thing. It's reflecting who we are today. Superheroes, supervillains, antiheroes. There is a DC character for every person in the world. We can't be stuck in the past. We have to take those characters and move them into the 21st century and go, well, what's cutting edge now? Comics are an incredible medium. You can tell impactful stories about anything. What you need is the courage to tell them. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely be checking that out. For sure. I always love the docs. It's like going to be a three-part documentary uh, starting or premiering on July 20th. So that is going to be good. Definitely want to check that out. Um, what is next? We have a trailer for Futurama. Oh, boy. I haven't watched this yet. I also have not. There's a lot in of fact, stuff in here that I that I, I think everything here on here I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't watched any of this. <laughs> yeah, so let's yeah, let's, I, let's watch uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've seen any of this either. So let's let's watch it all. You guys get our our first time full reactions to a lot of this. All right, so let's check it out. This I, I don't oh, shit. I didn't realize this was coming out so soon. Also, it comes out the twenty fourth, so very soon. All right, three look at Fulu. Three, two, one, go. We're back, baby. <laughs> Two seconds. You will collide with your destination. Good news, everyone. We seem to have survived a massive disruption in the flow of time. Wait, what exactly happened? Here, look at this. Stop fighting. It's the stomach worms. Okay, I'm done. To the ship. A new virus has broken out. I've developed a test to see who's infected. Ah, you jam this Q-tip up your nose. That looks kind of fun. I can't oh, do it hundreds of times. <laughs> it's like a Zoidberg, dude. Pretty lawless out here in crypto country. Look at that Western, dude. We were just talking about it earlier. Come on. Let's go. We got to do it, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. Dune. Shiloh. Guys, I'm a flatty. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. That's an order. You do you, weirdo. Ass. 
deserve that. I'm just glad you're back. Would you like to order erotic scented massage oil or fuzzy handcuffs? Yes, God, please. that's creepy. I mean, yeah, so creepy. <laughs> uh, well, that looks funny. Nice. Yeah, it looks, it looks, it looks like what I remember the show being, you know? So, yeah. That's cool, man. Awesome. All right. Next thing we have here. Uh, Stranger Things season five has landed uh, Prey and 10 Cloverfield Lane director Dan Trachenberg. Uh, Netflix revealed uh, that he's going to be uh, doing uh, an episode of the fifth season. Uh, they also. We're just talking more about the whole, um, you know, WGA, you know, strike and and all that. How they continue, hope hope to kind of, you know, uh, reach a fair deal soon so they can all get back to work. But until then, there's not really a whole lot else to speak of. Uh, you know what's going on there. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's cool. I like Dan Trachtenberg, man. I like I like Tim uh-huh. Lane. I like Prey. Uh, it was great. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Honestly, one of my favorite movies of uh, last year. It was fucking absolutely badass. fantastic. Yeah. So I think he's a good talent. So it's cool that they brought him on board. It can only be a good thing. Um, what's the next thing? Oh, here we go. We have a season two oh. trailer for Heels. Oh boy. I've been dying to watch this time. and haven't it. So. It's time, man. We're gonna watch it right now. So let's check it out. Season one was badass, dude. It was, it was great. Yeah, uh, it was great. It was, guess yeah. what, Josh? This show comes out at the end of this month too, on the twenty eighth. So fuck, a lot of stuff coming Hell out yeah. this month. All right, three, two, one, go. We should make this what it can be if we work together. Here we go. Who am I? A man whose wife and son have left him and don't know where his brother is. I don't know what I have to do. Bust out that free bird. (laughs) All right. supposed to be the two of us working together i need my own plan that puts wrestling behind me i just want to walk through this life together but i can't do it like this we got to figure out how to make you whole again we should make this into what it can be if we work together crystals really something you and me need to stop letting other people make our decisions for us I should be able to defend my title in the ring. Crystal, meet El Dorado. I am the baddest the DWL has ever seen. I love that show. It's a every man for himself type of world. Watch me take everything you got. Jack Spade can't take you to the top, but I can. When are you gonna get back to wrestling? We gotta pack the house. 
Everything in life is a choice. Ding ding. Wrestling can give a person something <laughs> worth striving for. Strength to be your best. Even when sometimes you're at your weakest. Who is this mystery guest? Mystery guest, huh? Oh, I can't wait. That's gonna be that's gonna be good. Yeah. Kinda makes me want to watch season one again. That was a good trailer. Yeah. All right. Nice. There it is, Josh. You finally watched it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you guys haven't yeah. seen Heels, go watch season one, man. It's it's great. They got it up for free, I think, on YouTube. It's the first season. YouTube, go check it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you, so you don't even have to, like, you know, get stars or whatever. Just go go, go watch it on uh, on YouTube. Because, honestly, like, it's, it's pretty damn good. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, we have some news about Dune the Sisterhood. They have added some people to the cast. Uh, uh, Olivia Williams, Jodie May, and Anna Forster is boarding as a director. So Olivia Williams and Jody may have been cast following the exits of previously announced cast members Shirley Henderson and Indira Varma. Uh, Henderson departed the series amid creative changes in February, uh, while Varma's departure was due to scheduling conflicts. Additionally, Anna Forster is now set as director on the series, replacing Johan Renk, who departed at the same time as Henderson. Uh, in November, series creator Diane Demujan stepped down as co-showrunner, but she remains involved as executive producer. Williams will play Tula Harkonnen, while May plays Natalia. Set in the world of Dune, 10,000 years before the ascension of Paul Atreides, the series follows the Harkonnen sisters as they combat forces that threaten the future of humankind and establish the fabled sect known as the Bene Gesserit. Uh... This prequel is based on the novel Sisterhood of Dune by Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson. So there you go. Some changes with the show. Some people dropping out and others dropping in uh, to place. Uh, we have another trailer to watch for Twisted Metal. I believe this just dropped today as well. So let's check it out. This is an explicit trailer too, by the way. So oh. who knows what we're, what we're about to see here. Okay. But this is the Peacock original, the you know TV show based off the game, Twisted Metal. Three, two, one, go. Twenty years ago, the world fell to shit. Cities put up walls to protect themselves and threw the criminals out so they could fight over what was left. But there are humble motherfuckers like me delivering cargo from one walled city to another. And that's where the cars and guns come in. Give me the package stuff, man! So if I'm here, then the exit is... Oh, they have a footlocker. Oh, son of a... 
welcome to New San Francisco. I want to hire you. Pick up a package, bring it back. I can make your every wish come true. So, John, what do you wish for? Toilet paper. Two ply. I think I can do better. Three ply? <laughs> All right, Evelyn. Let's deliver this package. It's rude not to introduce yourself before pulling a gun on someone. If you put the gun down, I'll drop you off as close as I can to where you're going. She's quiet. She don't talk. Motherfucker, eat shit. Much. You have no idea what's out east. Even the people trying to bring the law back are dangerous. This is our land. These are our roads. And you're gonna have to go through. Wait, is that fucking what's his name? We both know who rules Vegas. Yeah, I'm just recognizing people. Yeah, yeah, no, I I've recognized a lot of people. Yeah. Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah. But that's Samoa Joe plays the clown. The the body of the clown. Like, I didn't know fucking Neve Campbell was going to be in this. I didn't either. And then, and then, yeah, Thomas Hayden Church. I saw him and I was like, wait a minute. Is that him? This never happened to me before. And Rosa from Brooklyn Nine-Nine is her. Down a red line. No, cool. Screams. Okay. Still don't know um, what to think about that show, to be honest. I, I, I'm gonna check it out, but yeah, I don't yeah, know. No, I'm, I'm gonna check it out. I have Peacock, so I'll be checking it out. But um, what was I, I still don't know though? what to think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that. This, like, the way they were setting the trailer up, we're like, oh, you know. This happened this many years ago, and now we're in this. It was kind of like the same thing they did with The Last of Us. So I'm like, this looks the opposite of what the fucking The Last of Us is. <laughs> like, it's like tone wise, this is fucking hilarious, dude. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's pretty great. Uh, that's pretty great. That's f yeah. Well, that comes out soon too. No, yeah, this month also. Fuck, dude. There's like. Everything we've been watching here is like this, you know, at the end of this month or later this month or soon. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, we have one last thing here for the TV stuff, and that is a Journey to Ahsoka from Disney Plus that they also released. Uh, so let's see what we have here. I believe this also came out today. They were supposed to drop it like a, a week or two ago uh, on Twitter, but then Elon, you know, did Elon things on Twitter and they delayed it. Um, so, yeah, let's check this out. If you're ready, Josh. I'm ready, sir. Three, two, one. Go. There's like a major campaign that's going on online to try to get me in Star Wars to play Ahsoka. Whoa. Which would be amazing. Because you know what? Star Wars follows you on Twitter. I they heard. don't follow anybody who's not I in your know. movie. I know. I think it's a good sign. Internet, help me out. And then she now became Ahsoka. Welcome Ahsoka herself, I think. Ahsoka is a character that Dave Filoni created and worked with George Lucas on in the Clone Wars. 
we're telling the story of this character who's been trained by the greatest Jedi of all times in Anakin Skywalker. Ahsoka has been a really beloved character for many, many years. There's a lot of Ahsoka love today. With Ahsoka, it's time that she came into her own in a way we've never seen it before. Rosario is so compelling. She is on fire and she knows her stuff. She's in it. To see the scope of this story, I can't wait for people to watch it. We have to maintain that sense of fun, adventure, and imagination. It's quite extraordinary, actually, bring this to life. Perhaps it is time to begin again. God, I can't wait for this show next month, dude. Same. Same. Can't wait one month. Ah, oh, so good. All right, well, cool. That's uh, that's our TV news, man, for this week. All right, we're rolling right along. Movie news time, gang. Movie news time. All righty, let's move on to some big news we've had over uh in the past two weeks, which is that Superman Legacy has found their leads with David Cornsweet and Rachel Brosnahan. So this duo is going to be starring as uh, Clark Kent and Lois Lane in the new James Gunn film. Uh, after a lengthy search, uh, they had, they have cast these two as these characters. And to be honest with you, I love these picks. I like David is kind of like a fairly unknown dude for the most part. So that's great. He also like kind of looks like a mix of Tom Welling and Henry Cavill to me. Like if you mash those two dudes up together, he that's what he kind of looks like. Uh, so he definitely like has the look of Superman. Um, and like since like I said, he's like kind of fairly unknown with the, some of the stuff he's been in. I kind of want to go back and watch some of the things he's done, just to kind of see how. You know, just just to see some of his uh, his acting. Uh, like I, he was in Pearl as a projectionist, and I have seen that movie already, so I know him from that. But that was before I knew who he was. But he's been in other like miniseries and a couple other things like that that I'm probably gonna be checking out here. But yeah, he's like pretty much kind of unknown for the most part. Um, and then Rachel Brosnahan, I mean fucking love her and as yeah you know Maisel. So. i think I, I think i even posted like him i don't know her i love <laughs> so it's yeah. a, a good pick well, honestly uh, i like i like both these picks man like like i'm i think i think they they went with out of all the choice because there was a short list like before these these two were cast and out of all and the short list like i wanted her as as lois and I didn't really know any of the the Superman, you know, the dudes that were in for Superman. But I was like, mm -hmm. I wasn't really like vibing with some of the other guys that were like, you know. Uh, I was like, eh, I don't know about these guys that that were in the shortlist. Like, like Nicholas Holt's a good dude, but I don't I don't see him as a Batman or a Superman type of character. Um, so yeah, honestly, I think they went with the best two choices, uh, for for both of them, and uh, yeah. But they're gonna—they are the first two like 
cast characters in the new DCU and you know the, uh, everything of the new stuff that's coming um so that's that's awesome and uh yeah it's just this is cool that we finally you know have have that and like i said i like the choices the movie's supposed to be coming out in like two years from now uh so they got plenty of time to cast other people like lex luthor and you know the authority and you know some of these other you know characters that that we uh are familiar with so we'll see but i like these uh i like these choices man you got anything else to add on to that before we move on josh not really all right cool and speaking of other casting news we have some news for tron aries uh evan peters jody turner smith and greta lee are all joining your boy jared leto in tron aries uh So according to um, some of these reports here, uh, the previous two movies were largely set inside the world of computers and programs, but the script for Ares, written by J- Jesse uh, Ugato and Jack Thorne, said to focus on the emergence of a sentient program that crosses over to the human world that is not ready for contact. Uh, Jared Leto, who, is set, who has been attached to the project for several years, is set to play Ares, the manifestation of the program. Um, and as for uh, Jody and Greta, uh it says that uh Greta Lee will reportedly play a video game programmer and tech baron who is hellbent on protecting her technology and uh TBD on details for Jody Turner Smith's uh character as well as uh Evan Peters right now so yeah they uh as we know the the third Tron movie has been kind of like been in development kind of hell for years they were originally wanted to do a sequel to tron legacy that was going to bring back some of those characters but uh eventually that was scrapped and now we're going in the new direction that we are with this third movie so that's kind of a bummer in that regard because i actually like tron legacy i know it didn't do too well in the in the box office or whatever but uh i like that movie and i like the characters you know so it's a shame that we probably won't be uh, you know, going back to some of that stuff and we're going somewhere new, but I don't know, man. I like Tron, so I'm gonna give it a shot, but yeah, I don't know. We'll 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 see how we'll see how this goes, right? I mean I, I think... like Tron, but I despise Jared Leto. So like, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I think things. a trailer will probably be the a, a big like see how this is gonna turn out kind of deal. But yeah. That's uh, all we all we have for right now. Um, well, let's move on to the next thing, Josh, which is a Dune Part Two official trailer number two. Uh, this dropped a couple weeks back. The um, mm-hmm. 
I know I react to this. Josh reacted to this. So you can go check out yep. our initial first thoughts on it if you want. But uh, we also, we're going to watch it here again. So let's check it out in three, two, one. This world is beyond cruelty. You've been fighting the Harkonnens for decades. My family's been fighting them for centuries. And they were massacred. Alongside my father. Your father didn't believe in revenge. We believe in Fremen. Let me fight beside you. He said that. I got that. Thanks. I won't be fighting for him. I'm fighting for my people. You young pop. Your boy Gurney. Gurney. Now let him play his battle set. Do you believe in Paul? There are signs. Why is that a bad thing? Use it. Because all my visions lead to horror. Because you lose control. Because I gain it. Johnny, do you believe in me? Paul Atreides is still alive. The boy Christopher Walken. Mm -hmm. He looks great, too. Deal. With this prophet there's like there's so many things i want to talk about but can't because it would just spoil the movie this black and white stuff really intrigues me because i'm like what the hell is going on here I was a weak man Dude, this shit right here looks fucking crazy now do what must be done we gave them something to hope for. That's not hope! I will love you as long as I breathe. This prophecy is how they enslave us! It's not a prophecy. It's a story. I don't care what you believe. I believe. I am Paul Bordeaux Atreides! He who can destroy a thing has the real control of it. Looks pretty good, man. So many that things I want to talk a, about. That is so a many damn things. Good trailer, man. That is a damn good trailer, bro. The 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 first movie sets up so much that you're gonna get out of this movie and that's why this one looks so much more action-packed i i saw a leak and i don't know if it's true or not but i'll i'll say it like i i i read that this movie is gonna be like at least the first cut that they have at the moment is like three hours and like 15 minutes long uh which yeah. if it is for please add a intermission so your boy can go pee but other than that you know like i would sit there and watch this whole three-hour movie and enjoy every moment of it i love dune and this looks so good like so good and there is for anybody that's read the books 
there is so much in this trailer that looks like that's from the page to the fucking, you know, to the screen. Like, it's crazy. Like, after we watch it, DT, we got to talk about it. Like, because, like, sure. and then I want to, I mean, when we do, I want to watch these trailers again. And I want to point out, it's like, this, this in the book happened here. Can you believe that they put that in the trailer? Like, that's nuts that they put it in the trailer. But you don't realize what it is. Unless I mean, you I know. know. I don't know. I don't I know, know right? going on. Other than this trailer got me hyped more than anything else. Uh-huh. Shown. And that, that. I'm ready, dude. That shit looks good as hell. I cannot wait. You know what's wait. crazy? I was seeing an interview with Rebecca Ferguson, and she was saying that dude, that the first one is nothing compared to part two. She's like, it's unreal how crazy the second part is going to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait. So, yeah, that's... It's crazy. I, I Yeah, it, honestly, like, that trailer is hype as fuck, dude. For sure. All right. Next up, let's talk about Greta Gerwig and how she is attached to direct a new Narnia movie. Netflix has acquired the film and TV rights to the C.S. Lewis book series in 2018. So she'll be going from Barbie to Narnia. Uh, the Bar- the Barbie movie just recently came out. Uh, they were at the premiere the other day, I believe, and and they were having a good time, and everybody was dressing up in pink. And the reviews, from what I've heard, have been pretty pretty good. There's a lot of Ryan Gosling praise and all that, so you know things are looking good for for them and and for her. Uh, but she's gonna be now directing a or she's attached to direct the new Chronicles of Narnia uh movie. Uh. Um, so in 2018, Netflix acquired the rights to the f- to film and TV for the Chronicles of Narnia book series. Um, and since the 2018 acquisition, there hasn't been any announcements on anything from Netflix on what they're doing. Um, but that could change here very soon with her now being attached to direct this. I don't really have a whole lot of attachment to the Narnia series other than like, I remember watching the first movie. You remember like the movies that came out, like, I don't know, 20 years ago or whatever the fuck. Yeah. I saw that first one. I never watched it. I remember remember watching the first one in the theaters. And then I don't remember. I just know that what's his name was, was a Prince Caspian or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Was Ben Barnes. Barnes. He was Prince Caspian in like one of the sequels or whatever. But yeah, I don't remember much about, those movies other than like i watched the first one in the theater and then like that's pretty much it so yeah i don't really have too much like attachment to narnia series so we'll see i mean i don't know man netflix is kind of like they're kind of hit or miss with some things right you know hopefully they i mean as we always say on here i i I always want things to be good so hopefully Mm -hmm. this will be good but you know we'll as always it's a matter of wait and see um because right now we have nothing to go off of other than the fact that she's gonna be doing it um so yeah i mean no i'm the same as you i'm very indifferent on it i don't have like a lot of attachment to it i uh oh it never really grabbed me like i I thought that first movie was okay like but it just didn't grab me like it like it grabbed some other people but then didn't get me um but yeah, don't want things to be bad, and maybe it'll be good, and 
you know, be something else for us to all enjoy together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying, Yoriko. like with them being kind of, they're kind of like inconsistent, right? Like some things they they do really well, and other things they just kind of, you know. So I don't know. We shall see. We shall see. More misses than hits. <laughs> Let's face it; they bought the rights, so no one else can use them. Which is like kind of weird. Like, if you're gonna buy something, like, do something with it, man. You know. But anyway, uh, let's check out this trailer. We have Suicide Squad, Isekai. Okay. Uh, came out about a week ago, so let's check it out. When you're ready, in three, two, one. Anime Suicide Squad? Bro, what is, what is this like pers persona music going on here, man? Suicide Squad is a <laughs> This video told me nothing. <laughs> it was an anime Harley Quinn and Joker. Yep, I mean, it's, it's just an announcement trailer, but yeah. Meh. I'm meh. It didn't, it didn't, I didn't get excited. Okay. Um. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's supposed to be like a show or. A... Oh, it is an it is a show. It's an anime series. Okay. Suicide Squad rampages into the Japanese anime and Suicide Squad Isekai, an all new original anime series collaboration with Warner Brothers Japan and Wit Studio. So I wasn't sure if it was gonna be a movie or a show, but it is a show. It's a series. Uh, okay. So I mean, basically, Suicide Squad anime. So that's 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 what it is. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, okay. Uh, we can move on to the next thing. Uh, which is, um, what is the next thing we have? Oh, we have the a Bob Marley One Love trailer. So let's check this out. I saw this, uh, dropped like, I don't know how long ago, not that long ago. A couple four days ago, but I like Bob Marley, so I'm like, let's check it's, this out, man. It's funny we just talked about this the other night. I started singing "No Woman, No Cry." Shit, yeah. <laughs> Bob, love Bob Marley. Let's check it. All right, three, two, one, go. Hope you like jamming too. Oh, you want to start? From the beginning. Reggae is a people music. People coming together. Ooh, yeah. bum, 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 bum. 
Shit, I just thought, I just remember this might get the fucking copyright claim. Oh, it absolutely is, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. I just, I would just, I love the music, so I'm just like chilling, jamming, you know, vibing to it, but I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, it might get claimed. Oh, you know, oh, well. Yeah, I'll have to unpublish the bot on Twitch. Oh, well. But uh, the guy who's playing uh, Bob Marley in this is what is Kingsley Benadir, who uh, we have seen recently in Secret Invasion, amongst other things. Next year it comes out in January, I think. It's like it's like early next year, I believe. Yeah, January twelfth, twenty twenty-four. Do you really think this world will make it? Yes. There's no other way. Exodus. That's the source of your strength. We know where we're One love, one heart, one destiny. Cool. Yeah, that looks cool. All right, yeah. There's been like so many of these uh, movies within the past, like I don't know, half decade. I feel like mm -hmm. it was like uh, you know Rocket Man and Bohemian Rhapsody, and, you know. All these like types of movies. Now we're getting one on Bob Marley. It's cool, man. Sure. Definitely give that a go if you like Bob Marley. So it's cool. Uh, we got some Deadpool three news next up. So we got a bit of Marvel news, and then one more trailer before we close out of here real quick. So, uh. Jennifer Gardner is going to be returning as Elektra for Deadpool 3. Uh, she previously worked with Ryan Reynolds and, and Sean Levy in the Atom Project. That's probably a good reason why she's coming back. Uh, but Jennifer Gardner is picking up Elektra's size once again. After a nearly a 20-year hiatus, the actress is returning to the role of Marvel Comics assassin anti-heroine for Deadpool 3. Um... Sean Levy's directing. Uh, Ryan Reynolds obviously playing Deadpool. And um, it's uh, unknown if. Uh, 
Yeah, it's unknown if Ben Affleck is coming back as Daredevil, but probably not. <laughs> probably not, Loki. Yeah. Uh, honestly, that'd be interesting, though, if they brought him back as, as Daredevil, like, after all this, this time, you know, after having played, like, Batman and all that. I, I, I'd i be down with that, have him, like, be, like, a fucking, uh, what you call it, like, a, uh, a variant or, like, a, you know, uh, just an alt multiverse, uh, you know, Daredevil. That'd be, that'd be kind of funny. Now that they're bringing her back, right? I mean, that'd be kind of hilarious. But, uh... Yeah, it's been how how long ago was that was that election movie? And, and I have no idea. I'll be honest with you, I never watched it because I thought it looked like trash. So I've never, I don't know nothing about it. Oh, oh, fucking Colin Farrell is bullseye. Oh man. So the election movie was two thousand five, <laughs> and the Daredevil movie was two thousand three. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's a long time ago, man. So yeah, it's been like twenty years since she, all you know, played it for the first time, and then you know had her own spinoff in two thousand five. That's that's kind of crazy. Uh, in other Deadpool three news, they revealed on Instagram, uh, Hugh Jackman did that he's gonna be bringing the yellow classic yellow blue suit into the movie, and like he looks badass, dude. Um, I think if if there's something that people had to say about this this particular suit, I I would imagine people would be like lose the sleeves. But I mean, mm. I think it looks good to me, man. I I think it looks badass. I want to see the whole the cowl and everything too. But but yeah, dude, that's that's awesome that we're gonna be getting. Yeah, I think it looks great. Like I think when we like for the first time, like in like 23 years we're gonna be getting him with the fucking full suit dude that's that's badass in, in a deadpool movie of all right? things like, it's like if you like were gonna in, pop that out not even in his own movies the one that's got his fucking name on it they, they like thing. they like tease it in one of the one of the movies right they like yeah. showed the suit or whatever but then they, yeah. they never wore it now this looks awesome dude just uh yeah this looks cool man i i so so dope. I I can't wait to see these two together as these two characters because they're they're gonna be they're gonna be killing it, man. Yeah. It's yeah, a it looks looks great to me. It's a must see movie for me now. Like I mean, it was anyway, just because they're bringing it back. But like, yeah. Yeah. So good shit on that. Cool. Uh, another Marvel thing we have here is that. Uh, Simu Liu says Marvel's Shang-Chi sequel keeps getting pushed back. Uh, he recently took to social media. You know how everybody's making an, a Threads account because people want to, you know, move on to the next thing after uh, Twitter. Uh, so he made an account on there, and he did like a, you know, AMA, I guess, on there, and people were asking him about the sequel, and he said, his response was, was told it would follow Avengers, but that keeps pushing back due to circumstances beyond my control. Uh, but the Avengers movie that he's talking about are uh, Secret Wars and the Kang Dynasty, uh, which are several years away. I mean, uh, Secret Wars is 
May 7th, 2027, and the Kang Dynasty is May 1st, 2026. So that's still at the very least three, four years away. Um, but there is no, we don't know really what the details are and what those circumstances are that keep pushing Shang-Chi 2 back. But uh, I mean, obviously, one of the big ones has to be the writer strike, you know, um, mm-hmm. which has delayed other projects such as Thunderbolts and Blade already. Um, but he also, but Simon Liu also added in the post that he hopes uh, to have more concrete news to share soon. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I really like the first movie, so it's kind of a shame that they're not just like already on making a, a next one, you know? Yeah. Because the, like first the first one, one was so good, dude. It was awesome. I love that movie. It was the first movie that I came back to watch in the theaters after fucking, you know, COVID mm-hmm. and all that shit. So, yeah, it was, uh, I really loved it. I really enjoyed it. So it's kind of a shame that they're kind of just like, we're pushing it back. I'm going to keep pushing it back and all that, you know, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I really hope they do get on that sooner rather than later because, like, that movie came out two years ago, already the first one. And if they keep pushing back the second one, then it's like, well, fucking, when is when is that even going to be, you know? You're guessing Shang-Chi's story needs to be, needs for certain events to happen before the sequel can, can be made? Yeah, the ten. I mean, they yeah they did tease the ten rings and all that, and we've had like nothing to do with them since that movie. So I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that's like this will return at another point, but who knows when that is? Yeah. Yeah. And then and then yeah, the rings too. Yeah, the actual rings. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see, man. The last thing we have here, Josh. If you have nothing else to add on to that, I do not. The last thing that we have to uh, contribute on that. We have one last trailer to watch. And it is uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Napoleon. So let's see how this is. I have not seen this. This dropped earlier today. Uh, Have not seen it yet. So we're about to check it out right now. Uh, three, two, one, go. France, seventeen ninety three. We must make an example, or France will fall. What would you do if this assignment of defense was transferred to you? I promise you brilliant successes. <laughs> right, York? I was just thinking that too. I'm like, it's funny that I'm currently playing Assassin's Creed Unity and uh, now we're watching <laughs> this. Costume, you know? This is my uniform. Oh, is that fucking uh, Vanessa Kirby? I love the French victory at Toulon. She's great. I think that is her. 
What is your name? Napoleon. As the course of my life just changed. Nice. Napoleon. I'm destined for greatness. But those in power will only see me as a sword. I suggest you take the throne as a king. Shall we vote? This vermin has held the world hostage with his egotism and his lack of simple good manners. forces against me. What's the outcome of this if you don't succeed? Your Majesty, we are discovered. Good. It's a trap! It's a trap! admit when I make a mistake. Damn. I simply never do. That looks interesting. I'm interested in checking that out. Exclusively in movie theaters on Thanksgiving. Okay. I also saw that it was going to be an Apple uh, movie as well, right? At the beginning of the trailer, I think I saw something like that. Um, hmm. Directed by Ridley Scott. And yeah, Joaquin Phoenix, Vanessa Kirby. Cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this look good. It'll be on Apple TV after a while. Gotcha. Okay, that's what it is. Cool, cool, cool. All right, yeah, that looks that looks good to me. I mean, I, I like Joaquin Phoenix and damn near everything. Also, yeah. when he put the crown on, he was walking around. It reminded me of fucking Gladiator, dude. You know, because yeah. You know, mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, uh, nah, I like him in like damn near every anything he's in. I same. Yeah, he's 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 great. Joaquin Phoenix is great, man. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll be checking that out. Uh, when I get the chance as well, you know. Same. But uh, yeah, that is our uh, that's our movie news, guys. That is our and actually that's all of our news for this week. Um, we have made it through. We had, that's two weeks worth of news. Some of that was a bit older than than some of the other stuff, and some of that was fresh from today. So indeed, there you go a bit of a variety in there of things. But uh, I think uh, I think we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back, right? Yep, that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break, guys. We'll be right back. We're going to do some world building, some multiple choice with DT. We'll see what he picks. Don't All go right. anywhere. If you like world building stuff, it's going to be fun. If you like tabletop, it's going to be fun. We always have fun doing it, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. You're back. All right, guys, we're back with the, the second part of... Uh, the Clockwork Cantina. We are going to be talking. You can hear baby talking. Uh, uh, some D and D world building part nine. I have some decisions for you, DT, um, to make on which book we're going to dive into, and I'm going to leave it up to you. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what each one does, and then you can make your decision on what we want to do today. So. I have at our disposal 
the thing we used last time, which is we did um, Worlds Without Number, Forts, I believe is what we did. Um, so we went through and we did a, or added a bunch of courts to the, uh, to the world building, um, sheet and motivations, major figures, uh, minor figures, the whole deal. Uh, so we can do, we can go back to that book and mess around with like some wilderness stuff. They have, uh, some stuff in here for like encounters and stuff. We could build up like a little wilderness, uh thing um if we want to so that's an option i also have uh the book by cobalt press called campaign builder cities and towns so we could build a city or a town uh i haven't looked at that book at all but we could dive into it a little bit okay and then i also have this is a thing i kickstarted it is not out yet uh, called uh, the Session Zero System. I have the playtest for it. We could run through it, um, which is like it's it's meant to kind of introduce you. Know, you, you know how we had we have Session Zeros where everybody kind of gets together, figures out what they want to do, um, what they want to play, and kind of make a backstory to kind of interweave. Uh, this is a game kind of built around that. It's not complete yet, but uh, we could mess around with that if you want. Uh, I leave those three. I leave uh, whichever one you think is the most interesting. Whatever you mm. want to do. Hmm. Let me look at our. Uh... Clockwork land. Yeah. I have it open as well. We we have here. To kind of determine what do here. Let's see. What is this thing? Clockwork land. No, that's not the one. Clockwork. Land. There we go. Okay. So, so far, if you guys have been keeping up with all eight episodes, and now this is the ninth one, we have setting information. We have uh, two starting areas for two, er- two, two different areas. We have factions. We got bad guys. We have uh, some quests built. We got some politics with some things. And we got courts, familial courts, and criminal courts, and religious, aristocratic, business. We've, I think we made one for like each of the different ones. That, that yeah. That. And that was pretty fun. Um, yeah, that was cool. So, huh. What should we do next? That's. That's a good question. I feel like with as this the city one would be kind of cool, but we already kind of have some starting areas, so I don't know. Um. Well, the we could put so the city thing goes deep. I looked through it like I looked at it yeah. a tiny, tiny bit, and uh, so it'll be like 
So we have a starting area, right? And we have a little town uh, for... I'm looking at the Cabal, I believe, is what I'm looking at here. Or the Jokara, either one. Um, So to get into that book, let me open it here. Uh, It goes into things like, what's the city's age? Um, uh, And then it breaks down each of those and what that means. uh, what is the primary function of uh, this city? Like, it, it'll be a table that we can roll on. Um, uh, what what kind of trade goods? Uh, tourism, trade hubs. Uh, what type of goods are in this region to trade? Um, how big it is, population, uh, size, region, type of region. Like, it goes, it goes in pretty deep on all of that. Okay. Um, magical features. Uh, so what do some of the other ones go into? Then? So the Worlds Without Numbers book, we could do like the wilderness. So we could plan out like a forest or something to put some encounters, uh, some monsters, uh, uh, and then some tags. I think we have tags uh, in the politics, not politics, in the courts um, section here. Uh, and then that would kind of go into like what's what's going on in this in this forest area here um, type stuff. And they got. They have, we could do wilderness, we could do ruins, but I think you're supposed to do wilderness before you do ruins. That way you have a place to put the ruins, I think is what it says. Okay. Makes sense. Um, we could do that. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, you do the ruin for the forest. I got those backwards. Before the forest? Yeah, because, um, or sorry, before the wilderness. That way, you kind of know what kind of ruin it is and where you can fit it in type deal when you, when you roll, I guess. Um, which it doesn't go as deep. It'll just be like a series of rolls that are kind of like how we have our courts. See how we just have like, just a quick little sentence about, uh, uh this person um yeah the the source of power like really simple stuff that you can fill in later if you want type thing um and the other thing is more for like when you play a game the 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 zero session zero system so i think that will probably not end up getting used it'll probably end up being the cities or the worlds without numbers book but it's up to you, Bum. Whatever, whichever one you want to hop into. Hmm. And while we don't do uh, this, we could do like next time. Next time, well. yeah, yeah. Um. All right, let's do the uh, let's do the uh, the the the, the ruins in the in the, the wild in the, in the wilderness. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. All right. 
So this book, the book we're using is World Without Numbers. You guys can go get this book. I'm not going to uh, share it in chat with you or anything, um, but go check it out. It's pretty handy. We used it last time we played. Um, and it says on the ruins page, there's hardly an adventurer alive who doesn't like to explore an ancient ruin. So it's uh, inevitable that you're going to be producing your fair share of crumbled keeps, Stygian tunnels, and sinister lost cities. Uh, the adventure creation tables that start on page 2 through 4 can help you flesh out the details of these adventure sites. But you need to have a general framework in place before you can use them effectively. Uh, the ruin tags in this section are useful for situating the ruin within the context of your own campaign world. Every tumbled down heap of stones came from somewhere. And it originally served a purpose more exalted than being looted by lawless sellswords. Um, the one roll table opposite allows you to create this context for an average fantasy world ruin. The results are generally applicable to most settings and can be flavored or tweaked to suit your own campaign's particulars. The following pages include specific tables for six major, uh, sorry, for six major prior periods of history. Um, while the details provided in these tables are specific to uh, uh, the campaign setting, you can just as easily loot their themes for your own world and use them as models for ancient civilizations in your own city. The key to building interesting ruins is context. A random magic hole in the ground with assorted monsters, creatures in it, is difficult to justify in most campaign worlds. Even if there is uh, some conceit that makes it a normal sort of event, the sheer untethered randomness of it makes it very difficult for a GM to flesh it out in an interesting and engaging fashion. Of course, very few GMs have the time or energy to brew up a half dozen ancient civilizations that are relevant to their current campaign, only in their architectural leavings. Fortunately, they don't have to. All you need it to is establish is what the structure was originally meant for, how it ended up ruined, and who, if anyone, is using it now. The name and particulars of the original creators don't need to be established if it's not convenient. Just knowing that it was a border garrison is enough to tell you how you should design its architecture. Knowing that it was overrun by barbarians tells you what kind of damage it should have suffered and what sort of uh, deterius and leavings might be left from that age. Knowing, it's uh, knowing that it's currently a shrine on a, to an obscene faith tells you what kind of inhabitants the PCs are going to meet if they go there and what modern decorations might exist. Any further details can be conjured as necessary. All you really need is a basic functional context. So that's what we're gonna do. DT. So let's make a new tab here. And I'm gonna rename it to uh, Ruins. I'm gonna put uh, Worlds Without Number here. PDF. Boop. Okay. One roll ruin generation. These tables can be used for general fantasy settings, uh, as they include nothing special uh, to the latter Earth, which is the uh, I believe the setting they use in this book. But you can use them however you see. If you have ruin and aren't entirely sure how to characterize it, a single throw of six dice will give you the basic outline to develop. To this basic framework, you can add a pair of ruin tags and tweak the rolls to mesh accordingly. Some results might not make sense for your intended use for the run. You can pick different options in that case, or spend a little time thinking about how the role might be the actual truth, and thus conjure up a suitable explanation. 
Fully detailing the entire ruin and the kind of combat or exploratory challenges that could be found within involves a tool starting on page 234. So that'll be later on. So first things first, what do the locals think of the ruin? Oh, I can't type. Think of it. Do the locals think of it? So DT, so uh, if you do, I'm you want to thinking... roll for this? Or do yeah, you want to? So I'm thinking though. Also, where are these ruins going to be? Because we have like multiple starting points. Mm-hmm. Uh. So I'm trying to decide if I want it to be in the Caval starting area, which I think makes would it be in there? Or would it be in the? It might be easier to decide after we figure out uh, all the other okay, stuff. Well, That's up to you. That might it might let's that might it. help inform you of uh, okay what okay. you're thinking. Um, right. so let me zoom in here so the audience can see a little bit better. Um, that is not what I meant to do. Bold. So what are the ruins? Uh, what do the locals think of it? DT, do you have a D6 handy? And if you do, give me a roll. D6. Let's, let's roll it. Here we go. And four. Four. It's considered someone's private property. Hmm. It's considered. Can I just copy pasta instead of typing this out? Let's do that. Save time. So. Next up, and we can change any of these DT if you don't, um, if you're not crazy over any of them. It's our world. You can do whatever we want with it. Sure. How well, did it become ruined? How did it become ruined? So for this one, I need you to roll a uh, D8, not a D6. D8. Okay. Or if you if you or if you think of something that you want, you don't necessarily have to use the book. Sure, totally up to you. I'm gonna roll it just. Uh, Might just give you an idea. Get an idea, but I think I have. I think I know off the top of my okay. head what I think. If, I'm gonna roll it just to see if there's anything that like that's like cooler or more interesting than what I have in my head. I got you. But uh, if if I don't like what uh, we roll, then I'll just. Uh, Tell you what uh, I'm thinking, but okay. You said I got you. All right, ready? Roll yeah, it. I'm ready. Six. A plague or six. curse made it uninhabitable. Okay, I was usually so my original thought was that maybe some kind of like ancient battle or something. It was a part of like a like a a, a battle site, you know, of an ancient like war or something like that. Huh. But a place, but you said a plague. Here's the thing. Curse. You could combine this, right? Like you're thinking ancient battle. The role came up uh, plague or curse, but people could think it's cursed because of some tragic event that happened in a battle here. You know, like you could combine that if you wanted to. I think that's kind of cool. I think um, we should. I think that sounds yeah? cool, too. Yeah, I think we should combine that. Yeah. Um, how did it become a ruin? An ancient battle. Has led to this ruin. It was like the, uh, it was like the ground site of a of ancient battle from you know ages ago, and now people are become thinking it's like cursed or something along uh, uh, that line. And then that leads me to another idea curse. that maybe 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's supposed to be somebody's somebody's property, huh? But what I was thinking is maybe there is there are like actual like like let's say you're playing this in a game, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're like the enemy type you would encounter here. I'm thinking is maybe like actual like spirit soldiers yep. from the battle or something like that, maybe. But but we'll I'm sure we'll get to that. But yeah, what what's what's the next thing we got? Let's uh I'm gonna write it down in here. Possible haunting. Just just so we have it and don't forget in case we want to yeah, do yeah. it. I'll just put that in column B. As we as we do this stuff because yeah. as you as you guys know, the, when we when we do these world building episodes, Josh will be like, here's this and this, and then that'll lead me to the next thing and the next thing, and it just kind of gets the the hamster wheel in your brain flowing, you know? That's why I like doing them. It makes you think. Blundered. Blundered. I can't type today. Why hasn't it been plundered bear yet, DT? Uh, You can roll a D10, or if you have something that gives you, like, why haven't people plundered this? Let's see. I will roll it. Let me see. A D10. See what we're what what uh what role we're gonna get here. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm genuinely curious. Let me let me roll it. Let's see here. I think this is a D10. No wait. All right. Let's do it. Ready? I'm ready. Eight. Eight. Um. I actually don't like this answer, but I'll leave it up to you. Um, yeah, it says it. it's confused with a nearby site that is looted. Nah, that's lame. That yeah, is lame. I honestly, I think because the curse we, is the reason why it hasn't been looted. <laughs> that we are you already came up I with mean, earlier. To be honest with you, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's honestly a good, uh, a good, uh, like, because I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, yeah. And also, I feel like nobody would confuse this place if it's, you know, I don't either. What we're saying it is. So that doesn't make any sense. Uh, so let me, we can write down the curse, but just, just for, just for curiosity. Yeah, go, go right ahead. Again. You never know what you're getting. Get. It's uh, like a box of chocolate. Nine. It's claimed by a powerful local authority. Hmm. Well, that kind of conflicts with uh, its private property, right? Which, well, I mean, I'm, it would almost be the same thing as it's it's private property, right? Like it's like it's claimed by. Well, yeah, I suppose it could. Yeah, yeah. But the person that it's claimed by is somebody very powerful that nobody wants to cross, right? Like, yeah. Although I I I kind of like the the area is thought of as cursed, like that kind of feeds into the. You could also combine it again if you wanted to. I leave it up to you. Uh, I th- I th- honestly I think that just the fact that it's cursed will probably push people away so i think that i think we just leave that one like that i think that's a gotcha. good enough reason sounds good to me how old is the ruin it's gonna be old i guess right because oh god I yeah i said damn real really old yeah it's been there how for a old long is the ruin um you can roll if you want to but we know it's gonna be old yeah, um we'll just, we'll just roll just just to see if we get anything out of that what's what's the 
What do I need to roll? It'll be a D4. Let's see what we get. Three. Part of a known prior nation or a political entity, I think is what it means. Validity. Validity. Okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell you the options on this table. One is very okay. fresh, ruined within living memory, which it's not that. That's not going to be. Uh, two are generations old at the least. Three is part of a known prior nation or political, political, and four is uh, belonging to the unfathomable past. Uh, that probably sounds the most accurate to what we're trying to go for. Four, yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Makes sense to me. All right, what basic kind of ruin is it? That'll be a D twelve, sir. 12. Okay. Let's roll this some beach. I got a six. Fortress or great stronghold. That works. That <laughs> sure does. Yeah. That I was sitting really well. I, I was looking at the table and I was like, roll a six, roll a six, roll a six in my head. And, <laughs> and, and guess what? It did. <laughs> it did. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to put it out there. That worked uh, out real well. Okay. Who's used the, who used the ruins before? This will be a D20 roll. Who used the ruin before? You're not going to believe this, but I got a 20. Nat 20. You're going to love it, DT. Uh oh. Restless undead yeah. and embittered shades. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so that works. I'm just going to take away the possible haunting now because that just, it just works. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. What is this? This is oh, this must be some example ruins they have here. Let me let me look at some of this and see if there's anything on here worth the roller. What else we got? What else we got? So technically, we have all the basics now. Um, okay. That that was the last table that you have to roll on for that at the very least. The very least, yeah. I don't think we need the rest. Of it. Um, okay. So those are the ruins. All right. So we have a we have a couple more ruin things. I know we got a ruin. We got to roll two tags, and I'm gonna read what those do. It says, before a GM can use the tools on page two thirty four, uh, to start building the individual places, foes, and treasures within a ruin, they need to have some idea of what the ruin is like and the overall theme of its contents. A pair of ruin tags from the list below can serve as the start of the process. Pick or roll two, mix them together, and use the results to inform your later development. Okay. For most of the tags, the enemies listed can serve as inspiration for major foes within the debris or overlords who have cowed the other inhabitants of the ruin. The friends are usually NPCs who would have a particular interest in the ruin, or potentially friendly ruin inhabitants who could act as guides, interpreters, or dungeon uh, uh, 
Dragomons for the PC. If the PCs need a hook to direct them to the ruin or a friendly face with it to uh, discourage them for an immediate assumptions of universal bloodshed, a friend can lead the way. Ruins are generally defined by their loss of former utility. A ruined city is no longer inhabited, a ruined fortress is no longer a point of defense, and a ruined palace is no longer occupied by human royalty. Whatever the place was originally meant to be, it no longer serves that purpose. The ruined tabs can help detail the earlier tables and add more specifics to its historical fall or slow, inexorable decay. Just because the ruin is no longer used as it once was, however, doesn't mean that it has no use at all. The architectural cast-offs of countless aeons of humanity often find it use as dwellings or strongholds for non-human creatures, or sanctuaries for bandits and outcasts from more peaceful surroundings. Ancient infrastructure or moldering uh, fortifications still can still find new life in the repurposing that a band of raiders or a sect of persecuted cultists can make of it. Of course, the natural hazards of the environment often do away with such interlopers, creating the potential for multiple layers of past inhabitant and use. Ancient treasures might date for might date from more than one era, and the plundered of a lost ages bandit might be mingled with the modern possessions of hapless now dead refugees. So this is a D one hundred roll DT. Um, so you can roll. Uh, like if you have a D ten, you should have two that look the same, and one will be the percentile, which will give you the number right, and then the other one will give you the single. And they look like that. That's the D10. And then this is like the percentile. Uh, with like the two. Yeah, with the two, with the double zeros, yeah. The double numbers, yeah. So you just roll both of those and then tell me what you get. It'll be like a, like if you roll a 90 and a, and a 9, it'll be 99. Uh, I got a 40 and a 90. A 40 and a 90? Yeah. Uh, did you roll uh, a d10 with it? With oh, just I one see. number? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. No, I, I rolled the, the other one. Oh, I got you, I got you. Is what I meant to say. I got you. So you want to roll, like, the one with the 40 and then the one with the 10? Yeah, I got you now. Yeah, I'm going to roll both of these. I get confused on the percentiles, too. I I often just use the digital roller for this one. So we got a 10 and a 5. Fifteen. One of the tags is decrepit structure. Which makes sense. It's a fortress that's falling apart. Um, I'm gonna put tags. I'm just gonna fold that and put decrepit structure. And then give me one more roll like that, DT. Right. And the idea of tags is like it's just meant to give you 
like an idea of what could be going on here. Like, like it's a decrepit structure. It's falling apart and things like that. 50 and two. 52. The Tang is Invincible Delusion. Huh. I don't know what that would actually mean for this. Invincible Delusion. Okay. To be blunt. Sounds um, but It does give me an idea. Though, DT, if it's okay with you. The idea True, yeah. is... Maybe the person that built this fortress deluded themselves into thinking that it was so great like like it was something that like it would never fall right like it would never ever they would stand the test of time almost and last forever and that person was very sorely mistaken like i think that's what it's meant to kind of invoke uh with that tag it's kind of like think of it in that context what about it would give somebody like a delusion about it you know what i mean yeah I, I mean honestly that that makes sense to me like he he they, they they constructed it thinking it would be like the greatest thing that would never fall and then you know eventually it did and here we are yeah no i like that that works because yeah. i mean i was trying to think of what the hell invincible delusion man i'm like huh Another 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 one that could be used, and I'm just I'm only talking talk, saying it not to replace the one we have, just so that people at home might get an idea. It's it when you get keywords like that, it's like maybe the person that was defending it, you know, like like it had a we had this ancient battle, right? Maybe this general was like, if we set up here, nothing's gonna stop us, right? Like, and he deludes himself into thinking as long as he is in this uh, fortress, like nothing if we're here we can't lose you know and maybe he was mistaken there's a lot of ways to kind of go with it like and i think that's kind of like what that the tags are meant to invoke is just to kind of give you like it's very vague so you can fill it in how you want um kind of uh with like one of the roles in here is birthing cyst like Imagine like this becomes like some demony stronghold that births demons out of this fucking nasty flesh portal thing, you know? Like it's meant to kind of uh, invoke those type of thoughts uh with you. Uh because sometimes it's it's very hard to um Oh, we have a Oh, hang on. There's more to these tags. I should have kept scrolling. So we got decrepit structure. Let me read this here. This will actually explain it to us, DT, instead of me making assumptions. Okay. Um, uh, decrepit structure we rolled first originally. It says the ruin is falling apart and is actively dangerous to its inhabitants. Navigating between areas may require careful progress, extensive rope uh, work, or avoidance of certain obvious but hazardous routes. Native inhabitants may have adapted the hazards, or they might be newcomers who are learning the hard way. Some areas in the ruin might provoke a general collapse if they are significantly damaged. Um, and then I think it has some like examples here that you could use. Um, uh, 
like refugee. Wait, I don't, I don't really like these choices like that here. Um, some of the examples they have is like outside a plunderer with no care for the consequences, outsider actively trying to destroy the place, uh, berserker native trying to repair things, um, uh, refugees forced to live here, native dweller seeking help to fix things, architectural researcher in the area maybe. Uh, valuable materials could be looted by those indifferent to the increasing instability the collapse would reveal or unleash a terrible thing. Um, so stuff like that. With some examples of uh, decrepit structure stuff. Um, uh, creaking bridges or gantries, rooms with numerous holes in the floors, tower leaning at a drunken angle. Let's read this Invincible Delusion one. I want to see what that is. Uh, keep on scrolling, keep on scrolling. Here it is. Keep on scrolling now. Here's the example they use. The natives of this ruins are totally convinced of something that's simply not the case. Their ancient empire never failed. Their god has commanded them uh, to live in a certain troublesome way. They are the only true humans left in the world or some other delusion that's likely to cause problems. They've developed national rationalizations that explain obvious contradictions to their error, many of which involve hostile responses to bearers of the inqu uh, inquisitive falsehood. There may be something about the ruin that is enforcing this delusion. So your inhabitants, DT, are probably undead. And I would say, if it was me, they probably don't even realize they're dead. That would probably be their delusion. Like, they think they're still alive. Maybe they even reenact the battle. You know, like, they mm. have that fight and they think they won. You know? Maybe they don't realize it. Maybe they don't realize they lost. Um... So it could be something like that, even. Although I think my That's... earlier assumption also works. It's... Yeah. Or if you think of anything, we can put it in. Whatever you want. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that fucking birthing cyst one. I'm, I'm like curious to what it says. Because <laughs> uh, that one's got to be good. Okay. <laughs> Birthing cyst, a horrible thing is growing in the ruin and will eventually erupt into some catastrophic peril or awful creature. <laughs> the ruin may have originally been originally designed to facilitate this thing's creation, or it could have been infested or perverted by some outside power. Oh my god, I got such a good idea for if we had this. Right? Maybe, okay. maybe it's an ancient dragon egg, right? And they never knew when it was going to hatch, so they built this fortress up around it to protect it. But then this battle happens, and it falls all apart and it becomes corrupted and becomes this undead evil lich necro dragon that's born here Jesus. oh my god such that a good idea horrible <laughs> too bad we too bad we didn't roll that one <laughs> uh, but yeah i think that's it for the ruins like that's um That's it. Yeah. yeah, we move on to wilderness after that. Um, All right. Well, let's uh, let's do the wilderness. See what we get. I'm gonna here. I'm gonna write down ghosts. Maybe don't know they did. Okay. Yeah. You can also uh, battle reenactment sounds interesting too. Yeah. I'll put battle. Maybe 
reenact battle. Uh, I never flesh things out until later. That's usually uh, what it is. I want to make another new tab for the wilderness. Okay. Um, this will be wilderness, not you. Wilderness. Put rules without number so we can keep track. Number. Yeah. All right. It is not uncommon for GMs to have difficulty in fleshing out the wilderness parts of a hex crawl or exploration based campaign. Uh, we did this with West Marches, right? Which was you guys were going out and exploring this unknown land, right? And I had yeah. to put interesting things for you guys to find and explore out there. It's actually really fucking hard sometimes to think of really cool things that keep you interested because otherwise you're like, we're just rolling through. We'll just fast travel over these hexes, right? You got to put something interesting every once in a while. So this is meant to kind of help fill that out. It says, uh, one forest tends to look a lot like another, and there's only so many times one can go to the well of inexplicable magical effect randomly occurring here before it starts to get a little stale. R rural villages, lost ruins, and other social or dungeon-esque points of interest can dot the countryside, but without something interesting in the spaces in between, mere distance fails to provide much useful adventure grist. Wilderness tags can be used to help spark a GM's creativity and develop some worthwhile points of interest for their wilderness maps or daring forays into the unknown. When designing these points of interest, a few general guidelines are helpful. A popular default scale for a wilderness hex map is 6 miles per hex. It's enough space to get lost in, but small enough that the determined party can reasonably search in for points of interest in a day's marching. If you want to emphasize the interest of exploring a wilderness rather than focus on some other adventure, you might roll a 1d6 for each hex, and, uh, each hex and put a point of interest on it on a roll of 1, or the larger range of results if you're feeling generous. For the, for the point of interest, you should roll twice on the wilderness tags to get a pair of uh, tropes you can synthesize into a usable result. Make sure to tie your work together as you go. Recurring NPCs, current struggles, or shared history might be reflected in multiple points of interest. Don't try to turn each point of interest into a full-fledged adventure-worthy site. You'll exhaust yourself in short order if you try to do that. Instead, give each point a couple of sentences of rough description and leave it at that until you've fully populated the part of the map that the PCs are expecting to explore for their next session. That's called prep work, right? It's meant to save you time. Like... The Whispering Forest. I think I had a forest in... And this is going to... I'm going to spoil uh, Frozen Decimation here. I'm going to let you guys peek behind the curtain of truth here for anybody that's aspiring DM because you look at it and you think, man, I wonder what's in there. I wonder what he's got prepped. The truth is, there's nothing prepped until the party wants to go there. <laughs> you know, like, there's obviously parts I have prepped that the party is is like the history of the land right like here's the royals here's some politics stuff here's some npcs right that's prep but interesting points of interest on the map don't usually get filled out until the party wants to go there right because otherwise 
you would never play the game. You would just world build forever because there's you will. And here's the other thing. The party might not ever go there and all that prep time would yeah. be wasted, right? Like, that's the thing. So you might see like where I have the the. Axe Vaclin Empire uh, or something like that. For the most part, I know dwarves inhabit it. But other than that, I don't really know how they're doing. You know, just this, just to give you guys a little peek behind the curtain. Um, and so most of that stuff kind of either is. Like. Like if the party asked me what's going on there or asked a historian in the game, for example, I would probably off the cuff. Uh, come up with some details and write it down and then fill it in as if as they went there um, for the most part. Uh, so, yeah, a thing doesn't exist until the party wants to go there. Saves time. You might have a rough idea. You might have a cool idea and know what's there. But for the most part, a lot of that stuff that you leave blank. Um, oh, that doesn't ruin the, the sense of wonder and excitement of seeing a point of eye on a map somewhere. Um, it's, it's going to get turned into something cool. It's just you just have to want to go there. Because, um, yeah. I mean, like you say, you can't just you can't plan out everything because it's you hard. Know, you may never go there, and that's a lot mm -hmm. of planning to build out a whole world to, you know, it's, it's a lot of effort to put into something that may never be seen or used or, you know what I mean? So I, I mm -hmm. get that. And lore, generally, lore uh, in tabletop, I should say, is generally more for the DM more than the players, as, as weird as that is to say. A lot of players, this isn't every player, obviously, and there are exceptions to the rule. Uh, a lot of players are more interested in, I want to kill things, get loot, and get experience and level up, right? Not a lot of people necessarily kill, care who, uh, you know, uh, uh, Ronan Sun Talon's ancient grandfather married, uh, you know, and had uh, kids from a previous relationship and all that lore stuff. The vast majority... I would say if players don't care about that. Um, but you as the DM might care about that because it helps you establish things. Um, so lore is in, in most cases, in generally a lot of cases, is for the DM uh, to enjoy. Um, yeah, so like it even says it in the book, you'll exhaust yourself in short order if you try to do too much at once. Yeah. Um, so moving on from that, I hope that's some advice for you guys that I hope you got something out of that. Then go through and pick a handful of points that you intend to turn into a full adventure worthy locations. No more than three or four at the most. Use the tools in the adventure creation chapter to flesh out these points. So we'll probably come back to this uh, uh, in, a, in a future D&D world building episode for the ruins and the, it, and the uh, wilderness. How long does it take to build up one of these? The wilderness? Yeah. Uh, probably be about the same as the fortress, pretty quick. Um, okay, well, let's we can do yeah. All right, well, let's let's do it then. Yeah, let's we can just roll and then we fill it out later. Um, right. Like we'll come back to it is what I'm saying. So if you guys yeah. want to, if you want to do this, let's do it. We'll do some encounters. Um, let me read this here. Well, she's only got some this point. People provide suggestion for normal human, non-human, safe creatures.
All right, yeah, this is going to be quicker than the ruins, DT, because you're only going to have to roll. Uh, like what kind of encounters are here, and uh, then a couple tags. Like that's literally it. You only roll like three things. I think is how I'm understanding it. So, what do you think? is here. Do you think there's human encounters, non-human, sapient encounters, beasts and monsters, um, and then uh, oh, and then what's happening with beast or what's happening with the sapient. So, uh, the first one you want to pick is human encounters, beasts and monsters, or non-human sapient encounters. Which of those three would you want to, would you think is in this wilderness area? Totally up to you. Okay. Um... Let's see. So if you go back to the uh, Jakaro starting area, mm -hmm. there's a tab in the everyone in my world knows ghouls lurk in the old necropolis, right? Mm -hmm. So I have the idea that maybe the ruins could also like we can connect like the necropolis and the and the ruins and 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 that whole like that whole area with the, mm -hmm. with the wilderness and all that could all kind of be like in the same direction uh yeah. so we'll let's say there is like non-human uh you know creature i'm also thinking like you can be like beasts and stuff too right like just wild animals yeah 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 this is just encounters so we'll probably roll yeah, yeah. on the table multiple times like probably like three times, right? That gives you three encounters of things going yeah. on. Um, okay, so let's. Uh, what do I need to roll? It'll be a d12, and so you're thinking. Um, oh, you could roll on any of these tables, really, because we're gonna pick multiple ones. So uh, let's do a. Uh, uh, and and they're gonna be pretty vague, so. You want to do nine. a Beast of Monsters table? You want to do that yeah. table? Yeah, I got a nine for my first roll. Okay, so Beast of Monsters, you get... Nine, a flying monster or beast of some kind. Flying monster okay. or beast. And it could be like... You wanted to link it kind of to your... Uh, ruin of like a ghost it could be like a fucking undead flying creature of some kind you know like if you if you want it's meant to be vague for you got figure like kind of you don't even have to name it or anything right now like you, it's just like an idea of what's here um uh if you want to do a another d12 roll dt um yeah what else is going on in the wilderness around this ruin? Let's do a... I got a... Mm -hmm. I got a seven. A seven. Do you want this to be a human encounter, a non-human sapient encounter, or another beast of monsters? Uh... So right now we just did a... Beast of monsters. Beast of monsters roll. Yeah. So I think another non-human one. Non-human? Uh, okay. Let's, what was the other option again, sorry? Uh, a human encounter or a non-human sapient encounter? Whichever one of these off this table will give you your seven. 
You can just pick either one. Do the uh, the the second one. The non-human. Yeah. Okay, it'll be. So what it is is non-humans chasing a human escapee. I is so the way to probably be like uh to the like maybe there was a hapless human just traveling along along the wilderness here and then they got attacked by a bunch of zombies or something right something like that yeah non-human I'm also thinking maybe somebody that tried to like sneak into the yeah uh the ruins or something and then they you know did not. You know, thinking they they were overconfident, and then they were like, "Nah, I'll this I'm actually not ready for this, or I'm or fuck this." And they were, you know, mm-hmm. leaving, and on their way out, they're being chased down by something. For sure, for sure, totally works. Um, and give me one more D twelve DT, and we'll get our last uh, encounter here. Two. A two. You want a beast and monsters, non-human or human? We'll do another beast and monsters one. This says hungry pack hunters. So there could be totally up to you. Could be um, wolves in the area. Could be undead wolves in the area. Um, could be uh, just some sort of pack of creatures that want to eat people. It could be a pack of zombies, for example, if you wanted to. Hungry yeah. pack. Hungry pack monsters. I don't think we need to do that. And we can just roll uh, two tags, DT. This will be D100s again, and then we can be done if, if, if that's where we want to finish. D100s, huh? Yep. Tags for this area. And then we'll come, we'll come back to this probably next time and I'm fill it out more. Just two. Got a 60 and a uh, 60. No, hold on, I gotta roll it again. You're good. You got a 60 and a 70. Okay, we have a nomad camp of some kind in the wilderness, which sounds crazy. And then a 70, you said? Yes. It says precious game. Oh, I guess some sort of creature. What did we mean? Let me read what this actually is. To give us an idea. Uh, Nomad camp. There's a regularly used nomad camp in the area. A stopping place for them and their kindred. The site likely has water, a defensible position, or religious significance to them. Depending on the time of year or current raiding activities, the camp might be empty. But any random day presents some chance of a group of them seeking shelter here. Wandering encounters in this hex might very well be with such nomads. Okay, and then... Precious game will be something rare. Some native fauna here is remarkably valuable, either for the sake of some magical blessing, 
It grants its captors or for the benefits its flesh, pelt, or magical organs can give. Other other game may be ritually important, such as a, uh, such an animal that grants some ruling legitimacy to a successful hunter. The animal itself is probably either highly dangerous, highly rare, or carefully game kept by some outside power. It has escaped extinction thus far. That's kind of cool. Oh, I thought I put this. I was scrolled down. I didn't mean to do that. It's supposed to be up here. God damn it. Here we go. Um, and DT, we can stop here, but if you uh, are okay with that, just uh, some quick uh, ruins and wilderness that we will revisit. Next time, because we need to populate it, and that will take longer. So I don't want to. I know you're probably yeah. want to get some food and stuff. So I don't want to keep fine. you from that. Um. So yeah, that's just some quick. I say quick world building, but that took a little bit of time. Um. Let us end our stream. We'll, we we will be we're done. DT, I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out to you if you want to say your goodbyes. But part nine is over. That was uh. Uh, thank you guys for joining us um, for another episode of D&D World Building. This is part nine. Next time, we're going into the double digits, man. We're going into part ten. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's crazy. That That's cool how, how much we've done in, like, I don't know, the past couple of years we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. Pretty damn awesome. Looking forward to the next one already. Um, coming up for me, like I said, I'm doing more Assassin's Creed Unity on stream. I'll be playing more of that tomorrow, so check that out. Uh, there'll be playthrough will be going up on YouTube shortly. Go follow me on all the things. Uh, what else? Um, yeah, I don't know. Just uh, you know, stay uh, stay tuned, and we'll uh, you know, keep keep doing more things and. I will see you guys next week for the next episode of the Cantina, which we're going to be reading uh, comics again. So uh, keep an eye out for that. That's going to be fun. If you guys are curious what comics we're going to be reading, read the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin from 2020. That is what we're going to be reading. Not as many issues as The Authority. So don't worry about that. But that's what we're going to be reading, and we will be back to you guys next time because I've been wanting to read that one for a little bit. So I, uh, we're going to do that next. But, yeah, read that, and then you can join us next week for the next episode, and we'll all be able to talk about it and, and, and you know, discuss it. So, yeah, thanks for joining us, guys, and uh, I'll see you over on the next time. Bye-bye. Peace out. See ya. All right, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us as we went over the news and did a little bit of world building. Uh, we did like an hour of world building. Uh, I look here, we're like, the podcast is going to be like exactly three hours. So it's pretty awesome. Uh, make sure to follow me on all the things. I plan on continuing Final Fantasy 16 tomorrow. It'll probably be early streams. Probably like, I don't know. I may start at like 8 a.m. and just go for as long as I can. 
We'll see. Because um, I want to, I want any to make up some progress that I've I've lost. Um, so make sure to stop by tomorrow. Uh, all that'll be. That's what we're to be doing all week. Um, and then on Saturday, Heroes and Fables will return. Go over to the Heroes and Fables channel uh, and follow that channel for Blasters and Bandits. That'll be uh, Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time uh, for some more tabletop playing in the Star Wars universe. Uh, thank you all for watching. Uh, 166 episodes of the Clockwork Cantina is kind of nuts. Um, and yeah, just stay cool out there. I know it's really hot for all you guys, so, uh, stay cool, and we will see you on the next one. Bye-bye, everybody. Mwah.